North-South Connection Podcast Network. Oh, holy night, you might ask. Oh, no. Oh, holy shit. It's December 25th, and this is the Multiverse of Fabulousness. My name is Johnny C., and I I usually would say, as always, uh, but here now, we really mean it. As always with me is the new co-host of the Multiverse of Fabulousness, officially, Mr. Keith, don't ever fucking call me Big E Langston. Keith, happy holiday. Oh, happy holiday. Merry Christmas to all and to all a wonderful night. Hey, seriously, if you're listening to this on Christmas Day, I just have one thing to say. I'm sorry. And um, if you need you know, to find someone to talk to, the Internet is a real thing because you're probably out with your families, hanging out, talking to your family, doing things, putting together toys. Now I know why my dad was pissed off when I said, Dad, the Batmobile, put it together. Nah, stupid fucking Batmobile, I swear to God. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, I I would say if you're listening to us on Christmas, take your phone or whatever you're listening to and throw it in the fireplace to burn with the rest of your uh, Christmas wrappings. <laughs> Absolutely. Because, uh, but, but I do think Keith, uh, well, first of all, though, we just have to get this out of here. Is that, or is that not the most depressing song of all time? I don't care. I, yes. That it's about Christmas. It's yeah. I mean, I, no, think- and, I was, I was always a much bigger fan of the song that plays in national lampoons, Christmas vacation. Um, which I think starts the same, like Christmas time is here. Boom, boom, boom. Happiness and cheer. Boom, boom, boom. So uh, I think that no, the Christmas that is the most depressing song. Um, but then again, isn't that whole special pretty fucking depressing? Oh, absolutely. I mean, poor Charlie Brown. Uh, I really feel for it, especially when uh, Uma Thurman and Lucy Liu fought in his restaurant. That wasn't very nice. <laughs> Charlie Brunda. Now, that's just what the character says, okay? Yes. I'm just doing the yes. character's voice, all right? Um, that's a Kill Bill reference for all you fucking math majors out there. Now, Keith, normally, well, what we do here is we, we go through the multiverse and find pop culture variants and talk about them. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do not like Christmas Vacation. I can't get over this. Really? You like that movie? Uh, I would say it's up there. I do. It's, hmm. See, it's not the best of the National Lampoon movies. Okay, okay, of course. But here's the problem, Keith, and you're on the right path. People watch that movie and they're like, oh, I love this little thing. And I'm like, no, it's not just this little thing. You understand in 1980, a brilliant comedy film was made that pushed boundaries, was rated R, wasn't afraid to to do what it needed to do. And probably Chevy Chase's best performance as the lead of a film. Mm. I'm not a big Mm. Fletch fan. Oh, God, you just said... Oh, see, that's the thing is I love Fletch. I even love Fletch Lives. Ooh, what about Confess Fletch? I, I watched that the other day recently. I thought it was great. I think John Hamm played a great, uh, I guess, interpretation of Chevy Chase playing Fletch. I liked it. I liked Fletch, Confess Fletch. I thought it was great. Check it out if you haven't. It's probably on Pluto TV. Well, I haven't. I haven't watched Fletch in a very long time either, so now mm. I feel like I need to do a rewatch. You I've ever watched Funny a- Farm? Uh, yeah, but not oh. since I was a kid. I was a Showtime HBO kid, and that was on all the time. Hmm. Um, so I've seen it a lot, but not since I was like nine. So, so it sounds to, to me that the only Chevy Chase film you really like is the original 
vacation movie. I like memoirs of an invisible man. <laughs> oh my god, that you, you're the other person that likes that movie. I am the other along person along with me. <laughs> uh, I like Vegas Vacation ten times more than Christmas Vacation. Oh, oh, see, I don't. I'm. I am not a Randy Quaid fan. No, me neither. And so everything with Randy Quaid, except for Kingpin, pretty much bothers me. Mm, so, uh, but that's you know. a Fairly Brothers movie, though. That's yeah. He's just I mean, one part. Maybe one day we'll find the multiverse of Farrelly Brothers universe, and we can book like Randy Quaid. Like we can book a uh, Ishmael versus uh, Cousin Eddie match. Well, see, but uh, we got to make it a triple threat and add in uh, Russell Case, U.S. military <laughs> from Independence yes. Day. Yes. Um, the, the my favorite part of that movie is is right before Randy Quaid saves the day and Bill Palman's freaking out. And he just yells, "Doesn't anyone have any missiles left?" It's the best line. Doesn't anybody have any missiles left? Here I am. And then he salutes like he salutes like an asshole. Like what is he saluting? He can't see you. Have you Russell seen Kay, sir? <laughs> Russell Kay, sir. Have you seen the original ending where he comes in in his fly plane? Yes. Oh yeah. God. <laughs> It would have only made more sense if, like, he lands his air fighter jet and then gets in the frigging crop dusting plane. That would have, that would have been something that that was the twist we needed. Absolutely. Hey, how many people are still here for your wrestling podcast? <laughs> all right. So um, it, it is Christmas Day, though. So thank you. That's all I'm trying to say. We don't have this tangent, but I, I think that's kind of why you're here. So. Keith and I wanted to do something special. And when you see the title, you're like, uh-huh. what, what is this? Well, let me just explain. <laughs> Today we're traveling to Earth Secret Wars, mm. which I, I know. But hear me out. It's just a gag because Secret Wars was this Marvel Comics crossover event where Spider-Man first got the black suit. And it's basically this powerful entity pulled different Marvel superheroes from different worlds and times and stuff like that, which you all know now because of my, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and he made him fight. So he, when we went to Earth's Secret Wars for, for the, you know, for Noso, it was a little different. See, whomever created the universe, whomever that person is for you or whatever, it is, it is the type of person that loves to watch professional wrestling. And they heard, pray tell, that ECW's December to Dismember was the worst pay-per-view in WWF slash E history. Uh, spoiler alert, I just watched it over on my personal podcast feed, the new TNN. It's not, but it's close. I gave the Extreme Elimination Chamber three and a half stars, Keith. Oh. And I meant it. Okay. But it is fucking awful, though. Mm. Um, anywho, this guy's like, and I imagine he probably sounds like Optimus Prime. <laughs> so he's like, I am the creator of the universe. I need two packs of Marlboro Reds. No, I, I, I left my ID in the truck. Oh, hold on. I, I am the truck. Wait, you do an Optimus Prime voice? Optimus Prime here. Oh, Listen, my God. We have decided that December to Dismember is going to be made in a Secret War style. Get me Starscream. Keith, can, 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 it's Christmas. Can you give me one present? Yes. Can you, in that voice, say, all we need is a little energon and a lot of luck? <clears throat> all we need is a little energon and a lot of luck. God damn. I love that Transformers the movie. <laughs> and I know that uh, Aaron and JT do as well. And uh, I know they listen to this on repeat. Oh, good. But so the, whoever the creator of the universe of the multiverse is, is like, December to December, eh, I can do you one better. So Keith <laughs> and I are going to create 
the worst pay-per-view card in the history of our sport. <laughs> but the there's only and there's only one rule. We can pull people out of the time stream, which in like the terms of the gag of the show, we can grab any wrestler from any time period and you don't have to worry about the fact that they're dead or they're 70 years old and out of shape now or something like that. And uh, we're just here to have fun with uh, some unique match types as well. So it, it, it's a it's a joke show, but Merry Christmas. Mm hmm. All right. Yeah. So, uh, Keith, what were your initial thoughts just real quick when you got this? Was it did it seem like something that uh, we could get down with? Oh, I got down with it. <clears throat> down with it like OPP. I mean, this is this this I did my best to create a terrible show. Um, so I hope that you enjoy it. Um, obviously I'm doing this for an audience of one and that would be you, Johnny. Oh, of um, course. <clears throat> I mean, there's no greater audience in the history. I mean, of, when you're looking at the history brag, of our sport. Well, yes. Um, I also want to say that per your request, you wanted a promo. Oh yeah. And I purposely wrote a bad promo. So <laughs> just bear that in mind because I think you were a big fan of my other two promos that I gave for you. So just be bear in mind, this is a terrible promo. So, oh my God, purposely the, a bad promo. The promos are the best part, especially if they're over easy. Oh. <laughs> uh, and, uh, yeah. So basically we're doing a, just a pay-per-view card with some, uh, some each match, uh, we had different rules for. Mm -hmm. They're not very complex because I wanted to leave things open for pretty much anything, but, uh, you know, it's December to dismember, uh, you know, Johnny version and Keith version. We have not given each other our list, so these are live reactions. Mm. Uh, first up, we needed to pick a commentary team. Now, to set the pattern, the snake pattern that you and I have mastered, uh, mm. would you rather go first this time or second this time? Um, I'll go second. I like when you go first. Okay, fair enough. So uh, here's my commentary team. You know, I went through a ton of variations of this, and then I was like, you know what, just keep it simple. And make sure there's contrast. So we've got Vincent Kennedy McMahon from the In Your House era. Welcome to Phoenix, Arizona. We are live in the confines of In Your House. That guy. And I was like, I need someone that contrasts with Vince but can also play well off of him. And uh, through the multiverse, I grabbed the sometimes – uh, more than often, special guest commentator on random episodes of WCW programming from the year 2000 because he's always injured. Conan. <laughs> hey, yo, Vince. Ole, 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 this locos, man. Bout it, bout it forever, for life. These lats locos kick your balls. Los locos kick your face. Los locos kick your balls into outer space. <laughs> it is a short circuit, too, reference. But no, Conan, man. It, it, I, I, He's here. He's from the year 2000 WCW, and I'm pretty sure he's going to say cranberries. <laughs> Fucking short circuit, too. <laughs> You're laughing about short circuit, too. It's because I love that movie. I do, too. And you know what sucks is that it's hard to praise it now because Fisher Stevens is doing, you know, like a That's such a bad face. Indian person. Yes. But I didn't but, know that's what it was at the time. I feel honest, so bad. Be honest, when you first, I don't know if you first saw Short Circuit or Short Circuit 2. Two. you think he was really an Indian guy? Uh, I did. I did. I I'm mean, confessing that. Indian is as good as friggin' uh, Apu Nasapima Padawan. I know, but when I first, but yes, and I agree with that. And that's a maybe part of the problem is mm. that. 
that's all I had. That's all I knew because I lived in a small town in Ohio, mm-hmm. and you know I'm eight years old or seven years old seeing Short Circuit Two. I don't. The internet's not even a thing. I'm not trying no. to make excuses, but how do you know? No, I mean you wouldn't know unless you knew who Fisher Stevens was. Sure. And then I, went back and was like, oh, Fisher Stevens. So. Well, see, that's what happened because it's 1995 and I went to a video store. I rented Hackers and I was like, Ben Javari? <laughs> You're the plague and Ben Javari? Wow, the oh, Fisher God. Stevens multiverse movie. That's what the world is clamoring for. Yeah, absolutely. And we get a, the Koopa cousin from uh, Super Mario Brothers meets the plague. And, of course, the plague's like, oh, you guys are idiots. God. So yeah, Vince McMahon and Conan, who you got? Oh, okay. So it, 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 this is really funny. Um, I have Vince McMahon as well. Of but course. I have, hello everyone and welcome. This is 1972 Vince McMahon. I'm uh, doing this for the, I'm just in my first year of announcing. So I would like to make sure that we know that champion Bruno San Martino will be on the card tonight, as well as Sergeant Slaughter. Does he have the skinny little microphone like he says yeah. the price is right? Absolutely. Nice. And with me, as always, for this upcoming attraction that we're going to have for you tonight, <laughs> is the man, the voice of the 2000 WCW era, Mark Madden. <laughs> Hello, Vince. And can you check out the size of these guys here tonight? We're here down in... Somewhere in the universe here. What do you think about this upcoming card, Vince? I think it's going to be a fantastic event, and we're going to be filled with superstars the like. Oh, man. I fucking love Mark Madden. <laughs> like, here's the here's the thing, too, because Mark Madden hits, and he's yelling snoochie boochies, and I'm 16, and I'm like, I love Kevin Smith movies, too, Mark. I didn't know I couldn't do a good Mark Madden impression just because I usually toned out Mark Madden in 2000. It's okay. I'm pretty, (laughs) but I know he's bad. (laughs) Tony, you 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 mix hot tramps and hot action. That's pro wrestling people. Hey, thank you, thank you for that. Your Conan was really good. (laughs) Oh yeah, cranberries, man. (laughs) That's the thing. Every time he was on WWE Must Die, all his promos are just about like sex slang. Oh yeah. so, which is, yeah, it's fine. I'm just saying, like, yeah. I, that's all he's got. Yeah. So, I love that Mark Madden is here. I know the internet does as well. That means <laughs> you're going first for our first match. Now, mm-hmm. the first match was slated as a one-on-one encounter, and uh, it was supposed to be what I just wrote, a hot opener. Mm-hmm. Interpretation, up to you. Keith, let's start the worst pay-per-view ever. Well, our opening contest, of course, is the 1989 Honky Tonk Man. Uh, so this is fresh after his loss to the Warrior, and he was running the circuit with the Warrior in the rematches that he lost every single one. Uh, we can even say we'll take Honky after he embarrassingly loses to Dusty Rhodes at SummerSlam 89. He's going up against, of course, the 2011 Jerry the King Lawler. This, of course, oh. is Jerry the King in his only WrestleMania appearance. Uh, that's that year right there against, of course, Michael Cole. Now, this match uh, was a back and forth, as hot as you can get for six minutes and 53 seconds. Uh, with the end of the match is Jerry Lawler pins the Honky Tonk Man following an Owen Hart botch driver. So the Owen Hart 
Tombstone Piledriver. Uh, but it comes after the Honky Tonk Man hits 2011 Michael Cole with his amateur wrestling headgear on, I might add, with a guitar <laughs> shot. <laughs> oh, man. I, I'm so excited to rewatch that Michael Cole Jay the King Lawler match and try to prove that it's good. I don't know that it's possible, but I love it, too, because it, there's so much intrigue here from an Internet perspective as well. You know, because mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're cousins that hate each other, right? Yeah. Oh, man. Who? Are, okay, right here, live on the spot. Make a choice. Are you Team King or Team Honky? Because <laughs> I think I'd... Oh, go ahead. Do I, <laughs> I think I'd rather hang out with the Honky Talk man. I mean, I'm just, I'll, I'll make sure I don't, like, keep a wallet on me and just digitize all my credit cards because he's liable to probably pick my pocket. But at the same time, <laughs> we're probably going to hear some crazy-ass shit about people and uh, smoke some crack. Well, I'm probably not going to smoke the crack, but I'll help him find some. I'm Team fun. Honky. I have to be Team Honky. I mean, number one, just saying I'm Team Honky sounds good enough. But number two, uh, I mean, Jerry Lawler is kind of a dirtbag. <laughs> right? Uh, I mean, I think the Honky Tonk Man's a piece of shit, but I think I'd rather hang out with a piece of shit than a dirtbag. So. Well, yeah, and Honky Tonk wears it on his sleeve. Yeah. All right? Honky, yeah. Honky Tonk Man... You should be a bouncer somewhere at some club and just be like, I'm buddy boys, I'm Taysom, I'm a honky tonk man. You, no getting, you know, I just watched Roadhouse for the first time. Oh, I love that movie. Isn't that great? Oh my God. It's, it, I think it's might be, it's neck and neck with Titanic for the most perfect crowd pleasing film ever made. <laughs> Roadhouse. 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 But yeah, I think, uh, well, I love it too because you know they stink up the joint as well. Oh, sure. Um, all you know right. That guy that, the guy that's in the band, that guy's blind and like, I don't know if he's still oh, alive. Oh yeah. Yeah. In real life. I, yeah. I was yeah. reading about him on Wikipedia. Yeah. And, and you know what? Fucking Sam Elliott in that movie. Oh. What's it, his name? Is his name Wade or is his last, what's his last name? Barrett is no goddamn. What's his name? It's not Wade Barrett. <laughs> no, I know, but that was my gag. What's, what's Sam Elliott's character's name? Oh, Sam Elliott's name. Um, oh shit. What is his name? Hold on a minute. Um, I'm going to look it up because I'm going to be irritated if I don't know. Yeah. Um, Sam Elliott is – yeah, he's Wade Garrett. That's his yeah, name. Wade Garrett. Yeah. And I was I was thinking about doing a podcast on uh, Roadhouse and being like, hey there, Patrick Swayze, it's Wade Garrett, and I'm afraid I've got some bad news. Kelly, Kelly Lynch is really hot. God she, damn. She's, she's really hot in her grandma panties. <laughs> Dude. That is the most that 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 roadhouse sex scene is Patrick mm. Swayze telling the world that what he can do. All right. Oh sure. He, he's like, it's 1988. I'm Patrick Swayze, and mm-hmm. I can do this in real yep. life. I know that every guy that brought that went on a date night to watch Roadhouse definitely got laid afterwards, and it's like that's one of those movies that you're proud to watch and then go home and bang your chick. Yeah, but how do you? But he's like. Dance fucking her, man. That's hard. That's got to be hard to do. I mean, you just kind of take a line. You take a move from uh, from what's crazy, stupid love and um, what uh, Ryan Gosling does. He goes, I do the dirty dancing. I tell the girls that I can pick them up. And he does. He picks up the girls and then that's how he gets them in bed. And you do a a little Patrick Swayze. Everybody needs to learn a little Patrick Swayze in their life. Does he do that to Emma Stone in the movie? Um, does he do it to Emma Stone? I can't remember. Dude. I think he tells Emma Stone, but I don't remember if he does it to Emma Stone. Emma Stone is like the perfect. 
She is. Um, anywho, that's <laughs> sounded creepy. All right, so that's all right. My hot opener. Yeah. All right. Okay. So here's the thing. There, you got. I'm of two. I. You said you were for an audience of one. I feel like I'm trying to please two masters. I'm trying to please the wrestling side of my brain, but also the part of my brain that wants to make a mockery of this scenario. Okay. And so I figured let's put a superstar in here that people appreciate from a work rate perspective, and let's put him in a bad spot and see if he can fucking fight his way out of a brown paper bag, all right? (laughs) So we've got uh, sort of beginning of his WCW run, Bret Hart, the hitman. Okay. All right. Okay. And he's here to do battle with the 1990 variant of the gobbledygooker. <laughs> All right, Brett. Give me, uh, Brett, I need, I, need, I need to see you here real quick. Brett, now, oh, we're doing this new pay-per-view, new concept. Uh, time of the year, people don't usually purchase pay-per-views. I, want, I, want, I need you to open the show. Uh, you're the only one I can trust to do this. Well, thanks, Vince. Uh, you know, I know that I'm the only one you can trust because uh, I, I really am the best through his best rows. Never will be. Uh, who are you sending out there? Hakushi, maybe? Well, well, Brett, it's funny you should say that. I didn't exactly have that as an idea. <laughs> the gobbledygooker. And, 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 you know, and I'm sure Brett is just, you know, not pleased with Vince doing this to his art. But uh, I figured in the match, uh, the gobbledygooker would blade. Through right. the mask? Yes. Or through the helmet or headgear or whatever the hell he was wearing? Oh, absolutely. And, and that's the thing here, too, folks. The gobbledygooker is not – I mean, this he's not wrestling like Mondo Guerrero. He's wrestling the gobbledygooker. Okay. All right? And uh, the gooker's blading. Uh, okay. At one point, the ref gets knocked down. All right? And Brett is like, this is my moment. This is where I'm going to start painting a masterpiece with the gobbledygooker. And the people know that I'm the based. Uh, you know, just, uh, you know, I, I didn't like doing it to the turkey, but, you know, I'm, I'm a Canadian hero, and I just I think my fans want to see it. Um, the ref is down. Brett goes to block in the sharpshooter. Who's this? Mean Gene Okerlund. He's got a microphone, and he's like, Brett Hart, just a few words, if you please. And Brett's like, no. And Gene, in the middle of the match, boom. The gobbledygooker hits the hitman with a chair. The oh. hitman, the hitman does not know that this is going down. It's a screw job. Mean Gene turns his blazer inside out and there's referee stripes. He goes down. One, two, three. The Son gooker defeats Bret Hart and the match ends with uh, the gobbledygooker hoisting up Mean Gene on his shoulders like he's Miss Elizabeth. Son of a bitch. And, and I'm sure Conan would be like, Vince, those guys are cranberries, man. <laughs> I see. Uh, so yeah, Brett, uh, the Gooker defeats Bret Hart via the uh, December to Dismember screw job. <laughs> That's fucking awful. <laughs> it is, isn't it? Isn't it? But I do love the positioning of Mean Gene as like the Gooker's manager. Yeah. All right, Gobbledy, we're gonna go right to the top. Slickster, get your ass over here and sign a contract for the Warlord to take on the Gobbledy Gooker on a pay per view basis. I mean, that's a. That's a hot opener right there. That's going to be that's going to be a lot of it's going to leave people wanting to leave the auditorium. So, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Optimus Prime is pleased. I am pleased. All right. Well, since we're doing snake style, that means I have to go again. Yeah. Match two was build to build a oof, I'm just loving the alliteration <laughs> build. Uh, I fucked it up. The battle for Bran- it's a battle for brand supremacy. We know how much people love those. All right. Yes. 
it's a one-on-one match between two wrestlers that are somewhat alike, you know, because we're not doing like Raw versus SmackDown. So, you know, think of these guys as as toys, as, you know, people usually do. They have their own brand, and then that's what they're here to defend. I have, let's see here. Oh, yeah, the battle for brand supremacy. Uh, first up, well, you know, uh, uh, Vince, I don't like to do this, but uh, I guess you're signing my checks. It's Jim Ross. Oh! From the Kiss My Ass Club era. Ah. You know, I'm talent relations with Sign the Rock. We just had seven bucks in his pocket, Vince. Bob, but hey, that's fine. If you want me to go out and do this, I'll do this. Taking on Pinata! Pinata! It's Oklahoma. <laughs> oh, look, Aww. it's uh, Ed Ferreira, Vince. Uh, this is Mark Madden. Uh, I like it, Ferrara. Uh, I figured the match would go down a little something like this. One minute into this grueling contest, mm-hmm. we would get the yeah, boo punches. Yeah, you know, yeah, ooh. And these guys are exhausted. One minute in, Dr. Death Steve Williams comes, oh. out, of the, comes out of the crowd. <clears throat> okay. He, he, he goes to clothesline Oklahoma, turning his back on Oklahoma, rejoining with JR. But he clotheslines JR after he clotheslines Oklahoma. He goes to pose on the turnbuckle. And yeah. reclaim his title as the, you know, should be Attitude Era World Champion Challenger. And, uh, his, you know, we're, we're doing the big push here. But since it's the worst pay per view of all time, as he mounts the turnbuckles to pose, his leg breaks and he has to retire. Uh, as a matter of fact, the pay per view has to come to a dead stop so they can bring in real EMTs to cart him off. And he's <laughs> practically in tears. And JR's <laughs> like, oh, this ain't gonna go well. Oh, well, there's some money. This is going away. There, bye bye money. That's a damn shame. <laughs> He's a hardworking man, you know. You just give a second chance. Oh, Boomer Sumer over there. Oh, boy, though. But, yeah, I, 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 I love WCW 2000. I'm mm-hmm. not really keen on Oklahoma. Um, no. I, I, I do think – okay, let me say this. If he's not doing the gimmick with his eye, it's a pretty good impression, you know. I mean – to be famous, to oh. be famous or important enough to have someone do an impression of you, I mean that's sure. kind of a, a, a praise in a way. Imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. That's exactly what I was looking for and could not form the words. Thank Mockery you. is not though. <laughs> no, exactly, and that's the thing. It's like, and it's the wrestling business, so it's kind of like expected. I'm not trying to defend like the. I mean, I don't want this to come no, across no, no. the wrong way. I'm just saying, Ferrari's Im- vocal impression and inflection is humorous. Yes. I mean, I am the one, however, I, I do always say it seems like everybody was – I don't know if there's anybody more – I don't know if there's anybody that gets ribbed on more than uh, Dusty Rhodes in the wrestling industry. Perhaps sure. perhaps Jim Ross, but really Jim Ross is just ribbed on by Vince. I don't feel like anybody else really ribs on Jim Ross as much as uh, everybody ribbed on Dusty. Like, <laughs> Dusty was like – Dusty was mocked everywhere. Sure. <laughs> And it always seemed like everything came back to Dusty. <laughs> like, no, let's just make fun of Dusty here. All right, that sounds good. I mean, I just like doing the impressions of him. You know, I, it's too bad that uh, – well, there's so much fun to do. And But JR was absolutely the voice of, like, you know, me closing oh, well, was, the video – yeah. Closing the video store I worked at early to get home before Raw starts. Sure. Jim Ross was the voice of our generation, and he's just as, as fun to impersonate as, as Dusty. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, fact, I do the, fact, it, if we did the opposite of this pay-per-view and did the greatest pay-per-view ever, 
I dare say that my commentary team may be Vince. I mean, maybe Dusty and Jim Ross. <laughs> you know, there's uh, oh, God. I watched a, a, a Wrestle War that has them not too long ago. I think uh, it's really. This, yeah, it's might be the it's not the Stinger Squadron one. I think it's the one before it. Maybe. Okay. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. I can't remember. It was when I had COVID last year. Uh, I just watched a lot of wrestling pay per views. All mm. right, en- enough for me though. I I, okay. I I need a drink anyway. It hit us up with the battle for brand supremacy. So this battle of brand supremacy is uh, really has to do with uh, the winner of this match uh, gets to host their own wrestling talk show segment. Oh yes. Okay. Um. So I have. 1954's Gorgeous George, who is the host of the Beauty Parlor, versus 1986 Adorable Adrian Adonis, who is host of the Flower Shop. Oh, snap. <laughs> I love it. I mean, they're practically, I mean, they're not the same guy, but you know, I mean, it's they're practically the same guy. <laughs> right, 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 for sure. I love it. And I, neither one of them are bringing the work. No, 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 absolutely not. Uh, and when I and I did some research to try to find like the best era for our purposes here of Gorgeous George. I think it's 1954. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah, and obviously 1986. Uh, Adon- Adonis is like he's starting to really get fat. He's really working the the gimmick there. Uh, I didn't want to go with 87 because he dies, I believe, in 87, and I just felt bad doing 87. So I don't want to. I don't want to pick on a guy when he's down. So I went with the no. year before when he was fully alive. It's um, too bad he didn't live long enough to captain a Survivor Series team with Playboy Buddy Rose on it. Oh God, that would have been great, huh? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It would with him and Buddy Rose doing the blowaway diet. That would have been so good. I th- I love the blowaway diet. <laughs> Eat what you want. <laughs> Um, now the end of this match, uh, as you know, I like to do times of the matches just because it kind of works in, especially considering some of these you'll know later on, uh, this went, this went 12 minutes and 22 seconds. Um, the ending is, uh, gorgeous George wins with a schoolboy pin after Adrian Adonis is pantsed by George's valet and George's valet in this case is 1999's May Young. Oh, yeah. So she pants Adrian Adonis. Uh, thankfully, we don't see anything because he has a very large fupa by this point. And uh, he gets a schoolboy pin and Gorgeous George wins. So moving forward, Gorgeous George in this in this multiverse gets to host the beauty parlor every week where he will interview people, uh, hopefully not hitting them with various objects of his in his beauty parlor. Well, no, because you need that shit to, uh, you know, make money. This is true. Um. I was going to make an Adrian Adonis flower shop, little shop of horrors joke, but I lost it. So, <laughs> Adrian, Yeah, he should have had, well, I mean, it was Audrey, too. He should have had, like, little flowers that said Adrian, too. And that would have been right around the time. 86 would have been the, I think 86 is when Little Shop of Horrors came out. Right, and it was a music, like, was it a show? As I, like, I've seen the Corbin original with Nicholson in it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, like, because uh, Riff Tracks did it. <laughs> That's how so, I saw it. Yeah, so... The Corman original was in the 60s, and then I want to say it was the early 80s. They they did the Broadway musical, and that's okay. what the that's what the 86 movie is based off of. Absolutely. So yeah, yeah and you know that they were you know apt to uh, you know what, what was it? We talked about this. When we did Spooky Slam uh, yeah. with uh, Hannibal Lecter when we did that shit. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, they Although would 86, absolutely 86 do it. Six would have been cutting it close with Vince because uh, he's usually what, like five, ten years behind. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Although that's in what, this multiverse, why not? Absolutely. Well, that's like when they did a uh, 
Like, I love the WrestleMania 21 movie trailer parodies, but they, you know, the movies were well known, but they weren't. I think the they were at least 10 or 15. I'm not trying to make a blanket yeah. state, but it's older stuff like Harry Met Sally. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Taxi Driver. It's they do Gladiator, which <laughs> I'm sure that. Wait, before I say this, do you like Gladiator? Um, I mean, I'm not going to be offended if you say it sucks. I mean, well, I was going to say, like, I, I feel like there's a certain breed of wrestling fan where I'm like, what's the best movie ever made? They're like, Gladiator. Oh, God, no, I'm not going to say Gladiator. No. Okay, all right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. No, no. All right, fair enough. It did not make my Mount Rushmore of action movies from the years of the 2000s. Let's put it there you there. go. There you go. Well, uh, I like it. I, I like to see these icons go to sure. war. Or to yeah. war, as Mark Madden would say, on your Earth. And speaking of war, we have the first of Fatal 4-Way Divas title match. Yes. Yes, please. Take us away, good sir. Okay. And, and yes, I specifically chose Divas title because it invokes certain feelings about the level of performance you're oh, going yes. to see. Oh, um, yes. And I think that's self-explanatory, and I don't have to defend that statement, but I appreciate the women's evolution a lot because it's like wrestling reborn, in my opinion, mm-hmm. as a ma- as a male fan. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and I, I'm not saying it's not uh, it's right that I didn't take it seriously uh, when I was growing up, but they didn't give me a serious product. And I wasn't watching Japan, you no. know. So uh, please, good sir, take us away for the fatal four way, which are always delicious for the Divas Championship because, yeah. So in this matchup, we have going 23 minutes and 15 seconds. Oh, God. <laughs> Snooky. Maria Menounos with the shit makeup stain on her ass that she had at WrestleMania that year. I don't know if you remember that. Absolutely. Uh, Vicky Guerrero and another gorgeous George, Stephanie Bellers, the one from 2000. Oh, my God. What a watch. watch era. <laughs> now, Jesus. Um, this entire match is just botch after botch after botch after botch after botch for 23 minutes uh, with the final moments happening like this. So Vicky stumbles into a frog splash, frog splash, a la her late husband Eddie Guerrero, but it's only from the second rope onto Snooky. <laughs> Tadpole uh, splash. <laughs> while gorgeous George, she slips off the top rope while attempting a while attempting a Macho Man Randy Savage elbow drop, <laughs> uh, but she still manages to hit Maria Menounos. Uh, both divas get the pinfall, and they both get up, and the referee raises their hands, and they end up just basically arguing amongst themselves until they decide to go under the ring and pull out the split Divas Butterfly title and declaring themselves dual champions. Wow. Oh, my God. We leave with two of them. Yep. (laughs) That would not only be a cringe angle, but would have to be amazingly awful at that time stamp. Good Lord. (laughs) You've... You've see, but that's the thing is that I could see as sad as that is because I know all these women come from different eras, like them doing something like that, oh, yeah. and it just oh god, oh my god, that's garbage. Snooky <laughs> though pulled off a cartwheel handspring or his cartwheel, but cool. I, uh, putting in that Maria Menounos had that shit stain on her fucking pants. Yeah, I was that, that it was, happened? It was like the first move of the match. She she like what did she do? Like the um. I think she did a Bronco Buster on whoever the hell she was wrestling, and yeah. all the girl's makeup came off on her ass. Dude, you can't you can't wrestle in white. It never goes well. Uh, yeah. Oh. I don't know. I've never done it, though. So you I know what she's wrong. from? She's from, like, the town next to mine. Like, she grew up in Medford, and allegedly, 
allegedly one of my brother's friends dated her in high school. Um, that's his like claim to fame is that he dated and like slept, I think, with Maria Menounos before she became Maria Menounos, really. Well, that's well, first of all, that's that's fantastic. Second of all, <laughs> y- you you told me off air we were just shooting the shit and you mentioned how old you were. We're a little close. You've got a few years on me. Just a few. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But did did you have a, you knew it to public school. You, t- you yeah. were telling me. Did you have Channel One News? Channel One News. No. What was Channel One News? Channel One News was sort of this. In, like so, what happened was is this, this is a, a, actually an amazing view into capitalism. This is mm-hmm. what you turned in for. Um, so the Channel One or the company that sells a Channel One subscription to public schools would, uh, if you sign a contract with them, they'd install TVs into every classroom oh. that you use. But in exchange for that, at first bell when school starts, everyone in the school watches for about 25 to 30 minutes this program that they produce called Channel One News. It's like news aimed at high school age kids in the hmm. 90s. Uh, so what's sort of an MTV feel, but here's yeah. the kicker. News story, commercials. And I'm talking about acne commercials, commercials oh. from, from movies like William Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> so it's like you're watching Saturday morning superstars. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's your, what you are watching is products targeted specifically for the audience yeah. that you're marketing to by, by like definition. It's a public school with teenagers. It's brilliant. But, uh, uh, Marie Menounos was a Channel One news reporter and so was, uh, Lisa Ling who's on CNN now and is like an actual like investigative journalist like Lois Lane. My God, <laughs> we did not have that. My school was not paying for anything extra. Well, no, that's the kicker, though, the, the, which is God, I say that all the time on podcasts. I'm trying. It's a habit I'm trying to kick. Um, But. Well, God, what was I saying? I made that saying, joke. It's a hard habit to break. The, uh, yeah. Anywho. 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 The, no, you were talking about. Wait, was oh, are you saying Channel One was not like a paid for like your school didn't oh, pay for it? No, Channel the the corporate the company that runs Channel One came in and installed all the TVs, oh. and then and and then which was a way for them to say that they were doing a service, which is enhancing yeah. public schools, which they were, but in exchange for that, they have this program that's advertising yeah. everything that kids we, need. We didn't need. even get. We didn't even get morning announcements every every day. Oh it's man! Like, yeah, we were. Yeah, my high school wasn't that great. It was, well, no, <laughs> mine wasn't, wasn't either. Wasn't that much fun? Then <laughs> um, again, I might have I might have not remembered everything. I used to listen to Howard Stern in the morning, and uh, I would listen to him pretty much all the way through first period. So I always had my headphones like up the back of my jacket and up my up my sleeve and then back through like my the back neck and then i would curl them around and i would plug them in. i remember the day i got like uh you know headphones that were not connected with a wire and i was like so excited oh absolutely <laughs> like the metal wire you remember the metal old wire headphones you'd get like with the walkman yeah oh, i was yeah. so excited when i had like earbud headphones oh god amazing. anyway let's hear your diva de- diva debacle <laughs> well okay all right so we've got a W, end of w, death of WCW major guns taking on Nurse BB from the only time. You remember Nurse BB? I, how can I not? Okay. Versus um, a year 2000 WCW Tammy Sitch, not Sonny. Tammy Wasn't Sitch. Nurse BB and major guns the same person? 
No, Major Guns was in the MIA, and Nurse BB was in the WWF, uh, uh, and then she was in NWA TNA as well, like okay. when they first started doing pay-per-views, but they are different people. Okay, all right. All right, so uh, guys, so Tammy Stitch. Tammy Stitch and uh, the Shapely Ninja from the Attitude Era of the WWF. Do you remember the Shapely Ninja? The Shapely Ninja? Was that what um, Tori was underneath, like, a mask? Yes, when, and she would help Raven win the yeah. hardcore title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, because no one remembers the Shapely Ninja, and I'm so glad you did, because that shit yeah. cracks me up. Yeah, yeah. All right, did so. Did unmasked or? No, they dropped the gimmick. But everybody th- knew it was Tori, right? Yeah, like everybody knew it was Tori, but I th- I think, and I don't want to misremember this shit. And I not just Tori Wilson. No, uh, DX Tori. Kane Tori. Kane Tori. Yeah, <laughs> who's not in the Hall of Fame, even though DX is. That's okay. But she was in <laughs> DX. Right I'm and okay so with was, that. What about China? China should be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, China isn't. Isn't she with the – oh, she's not with DX. Yeah, no. that's that's the crime. It should have – DX that – although, I mean, you're not going to put – you're not going to not put – it's weird. It's like it's like you got to put Shawn Michaels in because he he's Shawn Michaels, and you really want to put DX. But see, China was part of that DX too. Like that's what dude. Sucks. Like that ninety eight DX is. That's what they put in. And China, look, regardless of even China, China should, China should be. Is China in Solo? No. Well, no. That's but, no. But and Triple H went on. Triple H has said before, and uh, while I don't. I don't not blame I don't blame him for not doing it. Um it's not the first thing you see when you Google her, but he was talking about how he didn't want like he was saying his daughters, but he didn't want kids Googling China and having like all the porn stuff come up. It's not the first thing that comes up, I think, when you Google China. Oh, uh, he doesn't um, want to like uh he doesn't well, so I mean, is he saying that was, he just, afterwards, like she yeah, like she it was bad. Like she went down a really bad path after but she that's, left. You know, that, that's be, I, and I realize that and I'm not blaming, but uh, I mean, she but uh, no, she should be in there and they should celebrate her for what she the achievements she did um, in in her career in the WWF. Absolutely. But I can understand why, as a publicly traded company, they don't necessarily want to promote. And she would be somebody that would get heavily promoted. They could have snuck her in. With the DX induction, I think that would have been perfectly acceptable. It would have been a great way for her to get into the into the Hall of Fame and have her recognized. Without uh, yeah. having, but I mean, at this point, at this point too, like I don't even know, like I don't even think her. I mean, I I know like her mom had somewhat of a relationship with her at the towards the end, but like usually when they have posthumous inductees, the family is kind of still on good terms with the WWF, so it's like. You know, that's why, like, I know that's why Owen Hart's not in is because his wife doesn't have a good relationship with them. So she doesn't right. want to be involved. And it's like, who are you going to have be involved? You can't have Triple H except her. What are you going to If you have X-Pac, everyone's going to look Google China and X-Pac and they're going to come up with that horrible Bourne video. Yeah. Uh, have Sean do it. Yeah, you could have Sean do it. Sure. You, you could. know, I mean, I just look. It's I, we're, hard. We're, it's hard, though. You no, know, I get that. I, I get know? that as a publicly like I get that. I just. It would be better if Triple H meant that he didn't want to bring China into the zeitgeist and have everyone, all the kids, you know, Google, yeah. Google her and then think of that that's only what China is, as right. opposed to it's not good for the brand. Right, right. No, I think that's probably what it is. I actually suggested one time um, 
I had I so there's like a wrestling website that I go to uh I go to four one one mania and Oh yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, and they wrestling. do like an ask they ask four one one and I one time said, Do you think it would be a good idea for WWE to do like another Hall of Fame ceremony like in like SummerSlam weekend where they induct all the posthumous people, you know, and then that's a good way for them to like kind of do like a very a very small celebration of the wrestlers who have passed away. Yeah. And the person was just like, I don't know if they still would want to bring attention to the fact that like all these guys are dead. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I guess that makes sense. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah. Okay. So, but it, it's a good discussion. It is. It, it it's is. a good discussion. It I, is. Uh, I, it actually is. Um, it's very captivating to me, but uh, <laughs> I, I feel like, anywho. So anywho. The, mat, the match starts and Tammy Sitch is nowhere to be found. The match has lots of shirt ripping. Uh, at one point, I would imagine that Major Guns would go to Snapmare Nurse BB, and BB would do the flip before Major Guns even touches her head. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that would be good. Does Shapely Ninjas in control of the match? Backstage, we cut. Tammy Sitch pulls up in the parking lot in a car. The year mm-hmm. 2000, WCW announcer Pamela Paulshock is there with a microphone. <laughs> and she's like, Tammy, Tammy, what happened? And Tammy's like, I had a flat tire. And Raven walks by, and he's like, Tammy Sitch, it's nice to see you arrived at the arena. Must have been hard with four flat tires. And Tammy goes, I never said four flat tires. And she attacks Raven in the back. Tammy then comes out, and she rips the ninja's outfit off of her. The ninja runs away, and Tammy wins via removing uh, ninja outfit, even though it wasn't a stripping match. Hmm. And uh, there's no Divas champion, so we're going to have to have a rematch tomorrow night on Raw. Oh, <laughs> but folks, we're out of time. I just and you know, of course, yes, it's inspired by the tremendous Johnny B. Bad angle where he's like four flat tires. I don't know if you remember that one. Johnny B. Bad. All right, oh. so the next contest, just to save time, uh, is the match number four, and it's supposed to be. And this one, to me, I can't wait to hear because I, I purposely left it open for interpretation. It's a ladder match for the Intercontinental Championship, just a good old-fashioned one-on-one. Mm-hmm. And I guess we're, I guess we're snaking it, so it's me. And uh, I've got Z Gangsta taking on the Ultimate Solution. Oh, the Alliance to End Hulkmania explodes. <laughs> All right, and uh, I imagine. It's real simple, folks. I'm sure you could imagine this ladder match in your head. Z Gangsta wins via pinfall. My God. Mm-hmm. Well, R.I.P. Tiny Lister. <clears throat> Dude, Tiny Lister had himself a little pop culture career, man. Like, sure. Why is he not in the celebrity wing? And fucking Donald Trump is? I mean, I would have voted for Tiny Lister for president if he ran. Um, well, he was a president in the Fifth Element. That's why. <laughs> he was. Yes, he was. Absolutely. And he's uh, in the Friday movies. He's in Dark, The Dark Knight. He's in Austin Powers. Yep. No, he uh, had a hell of a career for a guy that, you know, was had a wonky eye. I mean, good for him. You know? No, and, and from all accounts, I I think he was like a... I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to tell tales out of school about Tiny Lister, but I feel like he was some sort of a like a charitable person as well, like with what he could. Like I don't know. Oh yeah, I might be mis- misremembering that. But, but I don't know, I, but no, I think of Tiny Lister it, very much like um, I think of uh, oh god, what's his name? The guy that's in like everything. That's uh, Danny Trejo. 
Oh, you know? sure. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's a wow. That is a brilliant comparison. Keith. Yeah. Like they um, seem like they seem like guys that would fuck you up, but then they seem like they're like the nicest human beings on the planet. Machete. Machete. <laughs> uh, Conan, it's my understanding that uh, tomorrow night on Raw, we're going to have a special guest host, Machete. What are your thoughts? Machete. He's a strawberry, Vince. I see. Yeah. You know, Conan, what is with you and the fruit? Shut up, Vince. You cranberries. <laughs> that machete ain't nothing, man. Every time you say Conan, I think you're talking about like Conan O'Brien. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do like that on purpose. All right, so yeah, but that's I figured that that sells itself. The ultimate solution as well, played Bane, but not not the Bane that you are aware of. That no. sounds like he could also Captain the Starship Enterprise. This is Bane. Oh, hello. <laughs> oh, hello. Are you Bane or are you Jerry Seinfeld's belly button? Oh, don't. Hello. <laughs> Look, you're talking about Jeep Swenson. Easy going, okay? Talk about two guys. You you go. We went two guys that are dead. Yeah, yeah, I know. But that's the that's another thing too. Oh, you know what? Earlier, we, I let that whole China shit go away without yeah. making the joke that I kept thinking in the back of my head that I wondered if she was going to show up in Marvel Secret Wars as a She-Hulk variant. But it's posthumous, though. You know, because they're going to get all these, like, fucking Jessica Alba, Invisible Woman, like, people care. You know what? You know what? Also, I don't know if you realized. <laughs> Do you know that Jeep Swenson's also in No Holds Barred? Yeah, he's Lugridge Perkins. <laughs> Lugridge. You're good to you're see. Inter- you know what? Your Intercontinental Championship is the championship that, uh, that. That uh, what's his name has that Hogan has a no holds barred. It's that blue title. That's right. <laughs> That's your title. Now we still have to do our uh, no holds barred episode sometime. That I yeah, keep uh, that... thinking about. <laughs> we we should record that on New Year's Eve, and hopefully we hit the finale at the stroke of midnight. Hey, since it's Christmas, can I just give a shout out to my parents who are awesome? Because when I was a kid, they nurtured my wrestling fandom mm. so much that the first Christmas I was a wrestling fan. Uh, we, they gave my brother and I an envelope that said, uh, this one's, and they said, this one's from us, not from Santa, you know, mm. cause I'm like six years old. And yeah. the envelope, the envelope said, Merry Christmas from mom and dad, or whatever. It doesn't matter. But my point is, whomever wrote it, my mom and my dad wrote inside this like blank card, why have yourself a Merry Christmas when you can have a no holds barred Christmas? Oh, and they, they were getting it for it. They got me the pay per view. Nice. But, but I said it so much because of the Vince McMahon branding that my, my parents, God love them, wrote it in the Christmas card. <laughs> so thank you. That's, that's a good, but that's, I love that. I, re, that, I remember that. You know, oh, I'm, so I'm 40, good. but I remember that. That so. is so good. That is yeah. so good. Be like, Mom, can we get it? Hard Christmas. She'd be like, Johnny C., why do you want to watch it? I'd be like, because I need a no-holds barred. You don't understand. For the last two months, all I've been listening is about no-holds barred. <laughs> and I love that uh, pro- that promo since it, when Sensational Sherry throws in the dust after the Sorry Series, which she's like, what are you going to do when it's no-holds barred? It's a damn guy! So then Zeus and Savage are like, oh, Zeus, get him, girl. Is that the wait? What is the one of the promos? Is Savage hanging upside down, or is it Sherry's hanging upside down on the cage? Is it I one think, of them like hanging upside down? I think it's Sherry. I think it's okay. Sherry. I don't think Savage was. I think it was Sherry. She's I haven't like, watched the. I haven't watched No Holds Barred the match in years. No Holds Barred. Um, I love them. The, well, the movie yeah. No Holds Barred or Ready to Rumble. Which would you rather watch? Ooh, what's that smell? 
Oh, come on. <laughs> it's it's by oh, oh, it's no holds barred. But I mean, ready to rumble. No. Okay. Okay. Although you, although, re- although ready to rumble does have Oliver Platt and I am a big Oliver Platt fan. I was just about to say like Oliver Platt's Jimmy King is like an underrated like yeah. comedic icon. <laughs> Oh, like shit. I wish I put Jimmy King in here. I know we should. God, now I'm thinking I want to have Jimmy King in this. Yeah, he could. That's the rest- problem is, is that's not the worst pay per view. That's the best pay per view. I know Oliver Platt is tremendous in that movie, like playing a fucking wrestler, like like he's so a good. he's he's playing like the honky tonk man, you yeah. know, like as a as a real person. Oh, I love it. Oh, uh, but yeah, see, Gangster wins the ladder match via pinfall. What do you got? So I did a callback to my Spooky Slam, kinda, for my Intercontinental Championship match. I have the 1999 Big Boss Man versus the 2010 Bret the Hitman Harsh. <laughs> the fucking shorts. Yes. Uh, when WrestleMania was live from Ray Fenix, Arizona. Yep. The ending of the match is, uh, they're both on the ladder struggling for control. Uh, the big boss man hits Brett on the top of the head with his nightstick. Um, and Brett falls down. All of a sudden, the ghost of Pepper the Chihuahua comes out and pisses all over the boss man's eyes, causing him temporary blindness. While he falls off the ladder, he screams, ah, it smells of arrogance. Brett then gimps his way up the ladder because he's all strokey still, and he pulls the championship down. Time of the match, 19 minutes, 46 seconds. <laughs> oh, Bret Hart. If only you could have taken a one super kick. Do you think it's strangely poetic that the super kick ends Brett's career and that was Shawn Michaels' finishing maneuver? Oh, my God. I have never thought of that up to this point. I have never thought of how ironic it is. Oh, my Ugh. God. That yeah. fucking amazing. And now it's like, whoa, no, I would have rather had Sean do it. You have to, Brett has to admit that in his quiet moments that Sean Michaels was good for one thing. It was kicking him in the face safely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. Oh, I don't – I. I have recently dis- discovered that I – as much as I dislike Bret Hart because Bret Hart was such a mark – that he's an idiot. Like, oh, I can't wait to get out of the wrestling business because I'm going to be in Lonesome Dope because I'm some kind of an actor. Mm-hmm. No, no, he's no. fucking, he's awful. <laughs> okay, and then I kind of dislike CM Punk just as much. Oh, I think CM Punk is way worse. In my you think opinion. so? Yeah, because, well, I think, well, go ahead, what were we going to say? I just, I think CM Punk's just kind of a major, like, idiot. Yeah. Like in, in real life, like the whole stunt that he pulled with like the, the media scrum, like he is such an idiot that he actually believes the things he was saying, like they were important. Make some goddamn yes. money and shut the fuck up. And and the thing that and the, and the thing that is more aggravating about CM Punk is that he he's it's like Brett never Brett always bought his own bullshit. Mm-hmm. And like you said, he was a mark for himself, but it was almost like he was a mark for himself and never dropped the gimmick. Yeah. Whereas CM Punk would openly mock the gimmick and be like, this is just a fucking predetermined match. You know, it's like he was very Kevin Nash-esque when he would talk about how, like, buddy, you're not the world champion. You're the world champion because Vince said you were the world champion. And yeah. like he would kind of pull that shit. And then he would come out and he would do this stuff where he was like buying into his bullshit about being like the best, the best in the world and all. 
And it was like, okay, guy, you know you're talking about a fake sport, right? I mean, as much as I love wrestling and I love the athleticism of these guys, it's like watching – it's a choreographed sport. And it's just like I always say, it's like watching – um, um, a movie like when I see a fight sequence in a movie, they're choreographing that as much as I love the sword fight in Princess Bride. I know that Mandy Patinkin and Carrie Elways are not real fucking swordsmen. Well, it, Carrie Elways might be a secret swordsman. All right. Have you he heard that be. guy's accent? He might be. Mandy Patinkin is not or at least not anymore. <laughs> no, no. Uh, can we get Carrie Elways in the Marvel Avengers Secret Wars as a swordsman variant? I don't know if you oh. watch the Hawkeye show. But the swordsman there is awesome. Yeah, I hope so. Oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah. I get carryaways in anything. I don't get what he's in. Oh, for sure. But yeah, I feel like if I walked up to Bret Hart at a convention or in the middle of the street wearing a Bret Hart shirt and was like, Bret, oh my God, like, hey, it's just nice to meet you. I appreciate everything. Uh, And then Bret, you'd walk away and Bret would be like, I really am a hero, you know. But I, and I feel like if you did the same thing to punk and you walk away, Punk would be like fucking Mark. Maybe, yeah. You know, but both of them would still take your money. So who's worse? No, exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, fuck, I told. Oh, yeah, yes, you. Did. I was gonna say I lost our spot, but you did. Uh, you did Brett and Brett yeah. Trailer. Yeah. All right, so it's still your turn. Yep. It, it's you want to introduce match five? You yes. may have in front of you. Okay, yes. go for it. Uh, <clears throat> so this was a this was a tag title match. So this is the tag title. Two teams can be made up or thrown together teams, or real. Yep. Uh, so what I did is I, I, I played a little bit with this. Uh, this I, I like this idea. So <clears throat> it's a title for title match, okay? It's the 1989 NWA Tag Team Champions, the Varsity Club. However, it is members Kevin Sullivan and Dan Spivey. <laughs> Versus the 2000 WWF Tag Team Champions, the Right to Censor, members Steven Richards and Val Venus. Now, since both teams consisted of four or more members, the Freebird rule is in effect here. So not only are the less interesting members of the teams wrestling here, but also none of the men in this match were involved in winning or defending their respective titles while champions. Wow. (laughs) Which do you think is worse, the Varsity Club or Right to Censor? Uh, Oh, Right to Censor is worse, but (laughs) only the – oh, God, actually. mm, Okay. The right to censor is worse. However, uh, the Varsity Club, it does have the least annoying version of Mike Rotunda, so I'll give it that. Uh, but, I mean, Kevin Sullivan's era, he's a fucking guy from Boston, eh? And, uh, I mean, you got Rick Steiner, and then you got Dangerous Dan Spivey. I mean, come on now. But, uh, no, the right to censor is fucking awful. Uh, yeah, because Kevin Sullivan and Bull Buchanan should cancel each other out, but I feel like Kevin's worth a little bit more. Yes. Okay, uh, but don't forget the tag team champions in Right to Censor were Bull Buchanan and the Good Father. That's right. And in the Varsity Club, it was it was uh, Mike Rotunda and Rick Steiner. Yeah, so that's why you have to remember that the least interesting members of the group are here, and also none of them are involved in winning or defending the match the titles while they were champions. <laughs> I saw an amazing VK Wall Street getting passed around on wrestling Twitter the other day. It was it it made me chuckle quite a bit. Oh, oof, VK Wall Street. So I appreciate um, him. Yeah, so this match is just um I just put down that at the end of this matchup, it's actually a double count out at seven minutes and thirty two seconds when the other four members oh the other members of the groups come down and uh, all eight men just beat beat each other up, uh brawling to the back where a back to a chorus of boos from the fans in the crowd. 
Absolutely. Uh, although I could see cheering it, uh, you know, if you're drunk enough. I mean, you yeah. know, it could happen. I mean, they're selling alcohol here at the Multiversal Stadium. Mm-hmm. It's like the World Cup. Actually, That's I don't true. have any good World Cup jokes. Go. Uh, all right. So I've got two makeshift teams that have a little bit in common. Okay. Uh, you know, we're not really denotating who's champion or anything, so I don't don't really care. Oh yeah, actually, the champions are the first team, the heel team. Okay. Okay. Well, they have a. So I've got uh, Glacier, WCW superstar Glacier. Were, were you stoked for Glacier as a no? Year? No, you're no, you're like three years older than me, so you would have been aged out from being stoked for Glacier. Yeah. Yeah, no. I was I was stoked for Glacier. Then like, oh, <laughs> mom, they fucked up Glacier. Stoked for Glacier. Uh, and Glacier's partner, it, I guess it's becoming a recurring theme. We the Yakuza's Kato. <laughs> is it the Yakuza's Kato though? Like, is that is it? That no, it, it's Kato? it's well, I guess that does exist in the multiverse. No, it's yeah. Orient Express Mas Kato. Kato, gorilla. Kato. And uh, they're made up of two superstars who have what I consider wrestling's worst gimmick. Mm-hmm. First up, we've got winner of the prestigious Freedom Medal Brain from the Boy Scouts, Nikolai Volkov. <laughs> and his tag team, <laughs> and his tag team partner, the Made in the USA variant of Lex Luger. Oh boy! Now, oh, God. Team USA comes out with a troop of Boy Scouts, and they mm-hmm. got a they gave a Freedom Medal Lex too. It's Kato. Uh, but uh, Nikolai Volkov is your face in peril. Lex makes the hot tag and he hits his illegal metal forearm to Glacier. Glacier falls outside the ring. Kato can't wake Glacier up, uh, so the Team USA wins by countout. Luger jumps on the turnbuckle like they've won the titles. The uh, pay per view's entire pyro budget goes up. Balloons fall from the arena. Uh, streamers shoot from the posts. And for the rest of the show, people are randomly popping balloons in the crowd in the middle of matches. And everybody that gets body slammed or thrown on the ring gets those streamers stuck to their back like in gold dust matches. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. Yeah, exactly, right? Is, that's let's, awful. Is the USA gimmick the worst? Like, I understand, like, uh, it may have at one point, like, served a purpose, like in the smoky arena days, but is it the dumbest gimmick to give a baby face? Oh yeah. Okay. I just, I'm glad we're in agreement there. Yeah, no, I think, I mean, the only person that ever pulls off the made in the USA gimmick is Hacksaw Jim Duggan. That's it. Sure. I'll give you that. And that's just because I feel like Hacksaw, Hacksaw is one of those guys that could get, I feel like anything over, you know, where do you, where do you land on the uh, old glory? That Kevin Nash, old glory leg drop from the episode of Thunder. Is that the best thing ever or the worst thing ever? <laughs> it's the best thing ever. Okay, good. Just just making sure. Just making yeah. sure we're all in agreement there. Oh, yeah, no. Excellent. All right, so we're rolling through this thing. We mm-hmm. absolutely have more matches than the real December to December. It's because it's Christmas. Did you remember that it's Christmas? I did. Okay, I forgot there for a little bit. So match number seven, build as... A one-on-one encounter that is mm-hmm. a something-on-a-pole match. Here on my card, we've got a nunchucks-on-a-pole match. Mm. When 1995's newcomer Avatar uh, takes on Masa My Hero Chono from the NWO. <laughs> Avatar, of course, amassed Al Snow as a ninja and Masa, my hero Chono, probably my favorite nickname in wrestling that nobody remembers. 
Um, I think it was was it Kevin Nash? Do you know? I'm not putting you on the spot. Was it Kevin Nash or Scott Hall that dubbed him Massa, my hero, Chodo? I, I want to say I want to say it's Kevin Nash, but okay, it, could, it could be either or. Right, but you know what I'm talking about with like the the leather with the long coat and the glasses. I actually knew. Masahiro Chono, because I'm a huge Battle Bowl 92 Starcade fan. Oh. Uh, I'm a, oh. For some reason, I'm a massive fan of the Bill Watts WCW era. I, I thought you were going to say you actually knew him, and I was like, oh, wow. Oh. You. <laughs> there you go. But I just love how Cowboy Bill Watts would over-explain everything to make it sound like it could really happen, therefore mm-hmm. making it sound like it couldn't happen. Yep. So what we've done here is we've booked the nunchucks on a pole match, and the pole is going to be secured by a locksmith, and locksmith is going to be certified by a board of directors here in Delaware County, and Delaware County is going to elect these officials in a free and fair election. And when the superstars obtain the nunchucks from the pole, uh, it's mm-hmm. going to be in a locks edition. So let's hook them up. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I mean, but that you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I do. It was, it was very. It's as convoluted as the NXT uh, Iron Man survival. <laughs> yes, I, I on four one one mania. That's actually the wrestling site that I probably go to the most. You, nice. you mentioned it earlier. Yeah. Um, I, I learned. I follow a lot of like. That's how I keep informed on the modern product. And I read that NXT was having some new match, and I saw the rule list was like twenty items long, and I was like, yeah, that's cool. I don't care. Yeah, it's been made fun of on like Reddit and um, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram. Everybody's making fun of it. I, I I'm a, I'm afraid of Reddit, man. <laughs> Reddit freaks me out. See, all those all those websites to me is good bathroom material. Like you know when you're sitting in the bathroom trying to make business. Oh, especially on Christmas Day when you're trying to avoid talking to your family. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Go That's to Reddit. Absolutely. All right, guys. So stop. Don't press pause, but go to Reddit and just you know, does Reddit have a Surprise me button like Google does. Like, credit, surprise me. What do you got for me? Oh, I think it does. Um, oh, Jesus. Well, go Although do Wikipedia that. does. If you ever did that, you could do that. You could go to Wikipedia and click the surprise me button. Uh, read an article. It always ends up being something about, like, some weather event. Or the French Revolution or something. It's never what you're hoping for. No, like, random, I'll, I'll do it right now. Clicking on right now. Random article. Gamma World. <laughs> Gamma World? Is that where the fucking She-Hulk variants live? Is that <laughs> yes. where China... We are here to ray to lay China to rest off to Gamma World. God. It's just her mom's in the corner. It's just what she believed. <laughs> I mean, how ironic is it that I click on it and it's Gamma World? <laughs> we were just talking about China, about China the whole time. I know, right? China. All right, before I fucking completely lose it, this yeah. uh, or this nunchucks on a pole match. In the finish, Avatar goes to use uh, flash paper. And he fucks up lighting it. He's supposed to throw a Street Fighter-esque fireball and doesn't. Masahiro Chono gets nervous because, uh, you know, he doesn't want to fuck up the ending. So he just hits a Yakuza kick and pins him and nobody ever uses the nunchucks. That's um, that's a Bill Watts era match right there. You know, when I was writing this little shtick, I started to think about the uh, Nightstick match from Survivor mm-hmm. Series 92. And yep. I was under the impression that they would just be in the ring, each with a nightstick, like Jedis, and uh, it was on a pole, and they barely use it. Yeah. And that's where I got my inspiration, because my first ever on a pole match was a letdown, because I didn't expect it to be on a pole, and it was bad. (laughs) You know what? My first ever on a pole match was a letdown as well. It was the uh, spin the wheel, make the deal with Jake and Sting. The Coal Miners Club. Yeah. Dude. I just reviewed uh, the Doomsday Cage match, and oh. I, for- I forgot that Luger uses the loaded glove. 
And then I reviewed the episode of uh, Nitro where they do the San Francisco 49ers match. And so much yeah. of that match is based around a coal miner's glove. And I'm just like, the coal miner's glove is the best thing ever. Like, mm-hmm. it's it's just because it's so dumb. Uh, it's yeah. come back around and become cool. Yeah. Do you think Cody Rhodes is going to use a coal miner's glove in WWE someday? Like, he, he goes in the Hunter's office. He's like, Hunter, we need to bring back the coal miner's glove. And Hunter's like, I know, because Harley Race made the coal miner's glove famous in 19. 19- My Triple H sounds like the dude from South Park. I, I mean, I was gonna, I, I mean, I was gonna dispute you, but that sounds like a conversation that's gonna take place. I was gonna say, I was gonna say, Cody's gonna come in and go, uh, Triple H, I have a match. It's the uh, Son of a Plumber's glove match. <laughs> I kind of like Cody. I I I I, oh, yeah. I I got reinterested when he came back, and then uh, it's a bummer. I thought he was going to be the one to dethrone Roman, and I was like, "What a great story to do!" Because it's 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 WrestleMania worthy because it's dethroning Roman, but also like the whole background of can the roads accomplish in New York what they never could? Like sort of for for the mark or the, the yeah. not the mark for the smart fans. I think that's the only fans at this I, point. I actually. mean, I, I I think that's still kind of on the books. I mean, I was reading um, a while ago that um, they're thinking that Roman's going to do two nights and that the first night might be he defends the championships, which could be Cody beats him. And then the second night is the proposed him versus Rock for like the head of the table, because that's the big gripe is that they want to have him versus the Rock. But Everyone's saying like that doesn't need a championship. That books itself. Oh yeah, that's. So you don't need to have him be the champion against The Rock. He could lose the titles the night before, you know, maybe due to some kind of screwy interference from The Rock. And if that's the case, I think it's got to be Cody. I mean, who? That's the problem is that they booked themselves into a corner because who the hell is going to beat Roman Reigns? Uh... That's neither here nor there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. It's a good question. Some of the folks yeah. on the Wrestling Connection podcast network will definitely be talking about that leading up to WrestleMania season. I know that Wrestling Clothes Lines and Headlines 2.0 will deal with it. So tune in every other Friday, which <laughs> rotates with, uh, you know what that means, AEW podcast here, Wrestling Connection podcast network. We'll see him punk return. I hope not. But I don't really watch AEW either, so. No, I don't know. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Keith, I need you to put baby in a corner and me yeah. on a pole. Okay, so my 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 on a pole match uh, is the crown on a pole match. Jimmy King? No, and this is where it would have been perfect. It's 2008 William Regal versus 2015 Wade Barrett. Uh, now, while I hate adding either of these two men to this card, this really is the most perfect match for them, since winning the crown did absolutely nothing positive for their careers. Uh, Regal was suspended weeks after winning, and Barrett, quote-unquote, lost the crown to R-Truth on a pre-show match at Money in the Bank a few months later. So no title wins for either guy. I don't even think any title shots for either guy. Uh, So this match goes back and forth for about 6 minutes and 33 seconds. Neither one of them wants to get the crown because they both know (laughs) what's going to happen. So then, all of a sudden, out of nowhere... 1995, Mabel comes out of the crowd. He throws ass on both of those guys' lower backs, climbs the rope somehow, and grabs the crown because only 1995, Mabel wants that piece of shit coronation ceremony. I'm, I, I, I completely agree with you. It's hilarious that Mabel is like one of the guys to uh, benefit most in their long term. I mean, it's not that it was a huge benefit, but he 
He really leaned into that shit. But I, I have gained a little respect for King Mabel. Um, <laughs> oh, God. Uh, just because he, it seemed like the three months that he was a thing, mm-hmm. he tried really hard. He did. Um, I think he did. You know, but and, and that's the thing. Like, I, I, I've come to respect that in my old age. Like, you could tell it's the little things like like doing a little dance, like after a big move. Like, it's this little character stuff. He at least was he was trying to do something. I will I also say that. I didn't hate his King variation music. Oh, yeah. With the with the da, 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 yeah. boom, boom. Psh, you know, I, didn't, whatever it was. I didn't hate it. <laughs> See, so, exactly. Exactly. But. Yeah, so this was definitely, uh, yeah, I mean, I hated putting Regal and Wade Barrett because I love, I love William Regal. Bad News Barrett, I think he could still do that fucking gimmick to this day. He could still go out there, go up on the little, you know, on the little cherry picker and say, I'm afraid I've got some bad news. I, yeah. I mean, he could still do that to this day and, and it would draw. I mean, Bad News Barrett was fucking awesome. I don't know why they ever went away from that. It got really over, like, organically. Like, it started off as a thing that, if I'm remembering, because I remember being like, this is dumb, and then eventually was like, this is the genius. It was like when, I don't know if you remember when Randy Orton was hurt early on in his career. RNN? Yeah. Yep. It's like, that shit got over. RNN's the best thing ever. I did an episode of, um... The Ruthlessly Aggressive Podcast, which I bring up because it's every other Tuesday here on North Side Connection Podcast Network, where Jake Williams reviews the, uh, oh, God, Ruthlessly Aggressive era. And I was on an episode one time, but it featured an RNN segment. I about blew my load. It's it's so good. And I, I that's what I love is that's when this shit gets over. It's Zack Ryder doing the uh, the YouTube champion. Like, those things get over because it's organic. It's uh, thankfully, WWE doesn't promote the up, up, down, down as much as, you know, they would have done something like that in the past because they don't ruin it, which is great because I know up, up, down, down is like a big thing on the Internet. So, yeah, uh, yeah. All that organic shit is what gets over. It's the it, and then they destroy it. Like, I swear, I think Vince destroyed the RNN. He destroyed the bad news. He destroys the YouTube thing because it's like I didn't invent it. So fuck you. Yeah, he does. Well, he did. Now, he I did. hope that hope that that shit will change. Hopefully. I think so, because I think Triple H is way more of letting the guys be organic, I think. Yeah, for sure. Um, he trusts the – he gets the people, and then the people that can't do it will be scripted. That's right. You know? So, so I believe we now have the multi-man tag team match. Yes. Oh, my God. Oh, God. Did I skip over that? Uh, you you flip-flopped them. Oh, my God. Okay. So, I'm so sorry. Because the on a match fit perfectly right after the uh, tag title match, so. Uh, uh, you don't want to do back-to-back tag matches, I feel. You're right. Absolutely. Lead us with the multi-man tag match, which was just had to be two teams that was, you know, not like a, like a six man or a 20 mm-hmm. man, whatever you want. So I did an eight man tag match. Um, this is the only and I explained to you earlier, I had one variant to this card and this is why. So the so ma- so team number one is 1994 Doink the Clown. So it's face Doink. Uh, 1994 IRS. I mean, you could really put any year IRS as far as I'm concerned, but I went with 94 because just fuck you, he sucks. Yo, he's awful. Yeah. 1992 Nails, because I fucking hate Nails. Oh, my and, God. And 1994 Tatanka, and that's Tatanka in Ooh. the Corporation. Oh, that's bad. That's a team one, if I ever oh. heard one. Now, they're facing 1993 Doink the Clown. <laughs> so that's Matt Bourne, Heel Doink. Not bad. 1997 Sting. This is Sting pre 
match with Hogan. So this is like dropping down from the rafters sting. Right. It's completely out of sting. Okay. 1998 Stone Cold Steve Austin and 1989 Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Now, <laughs> the reason why this is a twist is because the first team sucks balls. Right. The second team is the combined team of some of the baddest motherfuckers in the history of wrestling. Right. So now team two, which again is 93 Doink, 97 Sting, 98 Austin, and 89 Ricky Steamboat, just beats the bag out of team one for a solid 15 minutes straight. Then the bell rings and it's a time limit draw. <laughs> <laughs> and that ends the match the way this pay-per-view should be going. <laughs> and I love that, too, you get to finally see all these amazing uh, variants come together and they fight who they fight. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the ultimate middle finger. It is. And I just, all I can think of is, like, Doink's just beating the shit out of fucking 94 Doink, and then everybody just starts coming in. And then it's like, Sting drops from the rafters and beats up nails, and Austin's just stunning all four. Hey, fuck it, Austin stuns all seven other guys. And Oh, for sure. <laughs> and then I Ricky can't... Steamboat's just fucking NWA Ricky Steamboat. <laughs> like... So, have we had any crossover yet? Because um, every once in a while we get crossover. Like, I don't, no, I don't think no, so. No, we haven't, we haven't shared any performers yet, but no. it's awesome. It's awesome because we, we, I'm just curious because we finally did in this match. Okay, good. All right. All good. right. Uh, we've got uh, – mine is also an eight-man tag, so I love that. Uh, <laughs> the first team is a team, and the second team is a hodgepodge. The first team is the one of the greatest Survivor Series teams of all time from 1999, ah. the Mean Street Bulldogs. <laughs> so Bulldog and the Mean Street Posse taking on Waylon Mercy, know what I mean? So we got Dan Spivey, yep. which I, isn't even the one I was thinking of. I know, uh, right? With Wildman Mark Marrow, <laughs> because that 96 Wildman Mark Marrow is just embarrassing. So embarrassing. And off of the ring. With now, this is a deep pull. The Maestro from 2000 WCW. <laughs> and here's our crossover, which Waylon Mercy we did have. And both of our crossovers are different gimmicks. Waylon Mercy, you did Dan Spivey. You did Nails. I did The Prisoner from from <laughs> Slavery 93. The one match he had was Sting. Oh, that's so funny. And it goes to here's here we go. It goes 25 minutes and it's a double DQ. So you had almost the same thing. I yeah. <laughs> it's just it's just, it's just the big schmas at the end. Exactly. Oh, you know, so that, that prisoner is and na- nails is the worst. Oh, the worst well, on 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 the other show, uh, GFA Live, my other show, GFA Live, um, <clears throat> we did 1992 where we were reviewing 92 and Pete was forcing me to watch nails promos. And then then we saw the debut of nails. And I just was like, why, 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 why? I mean, on my, um, to pull from, uh, our vantage point, I don't know if you ever listen to our vantage point wrestling podcast, but like (laughs) they used to do a Mount Rushmore in a death Valley. And the death Valley is obviously like the four people you can do without. Uh, my death Valley is like number one, always and forever is nails. Like he is just the, I, I hate everything about him. I hate the prisoner. I hate Kevin Kelly. I hate everything. Kevin Wachowitz. I hate everything about the guy. There's a uh, great shit where like they call, don't they call him nails on W? Like I think Gordon Soli's like nails. Nails. Uh, 
And I think he I, still goes by Nails, but he doesn't do N-A-I-L-Z. He's N-A-I-L-S. And how he did shut up. <laughs> hey, you know, I didn't book this, and obviously you didn't. I would kill to see the na- uh, Nails versus uh, the Black Scorpion. Which I kind of love the Black Scorpion. I'm not going to lie. When he comes down in that UFO at Starcade, Paul Heyman's like, this is frightening. And the funny thing is, is I'm pretty sure that uh, Ole Anderson did the voice for both of those guys during the promos. Wow. Jesus. I don't think I don't think Ole did. I think they had Kevin Kelly do his actual voice like in the in the modulator, but it sounds just like freaking Ole Anderson. That like, boss man, <laughs> sting. Sting, we knew each other in the past. I'm not the ultimate warrior, but I'm making everyone think you are that I am. Right. Sting, everything is going to change at the thing. And then, uh, Sid Vicious, when I see you at the pay-per-view. <laughs> it's like, shut up, Oli. Everybody knows it's fucking you. Now I want to see Optimus Prime driving Oli Anderson cross-country in some, oh, sort right. of a, some sort of a Thanksgiving movie. Okay, either. Holy Anderson, do you want to go back to Minnesota to go see your family? I don't really know, Optimus Prime. I'm just trying to get through to the four horsemen here. (laughs) Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas, fucking Holy Anderson, you fucking dinosaur. Oh, my God. I'm losing it. My head's hurting from laughing. So, all right, so we got... Two matches left. Did we, yes. did, I, did we fuck up the snake style at some point? No, no, no. You're good. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Is it so? This do is I you go? now? Okay. This is you. All right. Next to last match. So the semi-main event. It's billed as a one-on-one grudge match, and it must be two people that could arguably have had a grudge match. So you know, doing like uh, Kenny Dykstra versus Rene Dupree wouldn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Although I'd watch that. The French Chickler sure. versus the fucking is that Nick Namath? No, it's Kenny Dykstra. Yeah. I watched the Dolph Ziggler WWE Films movie. Have you ever seen that, Countdown? No. Oh, God. I reviewed it on my personal podcast feed, the new TNN. You should listen to it. It's an awful movie, and Kane's in it as well. So what we've got here on my earth is, according to my notes, Savio Vega, Get Round, Get Funky from 1995. And I'm going to now now he has a second. okay? this because this is a big like semi main. This is like Lawrence Taylor shit. okay? Mm -hmm. Savio Vega, get down, get funky. Taking on also from 1995, Santa Claus. Now. If you recall, at In Your House, Seasons Beatings, uh, Savio Vega believed in the spirit of Santa Claus, and the actual Santa Claus attacked Savio Vega. Mm. So, thus, this necessitates a grudge. Now, Santa Claus, of course, has his benefactor, Ted DiBiase. Santa Claus, of course, from the South Pole. Um, And Balls Mahoney as well. So, Savio Vega believes in the spirit of Christmas and the magic of Christmas. So, he needs someone in his corner that can sort of enhance that belief of Christmas. And Savio Vega, with this man's help, will save Christmas from Santa Claus. We have, because it's 1995, Ernest P. Wuerl, not Jim Varney, <laughs> Ernest P. Wuerl, who's a real person in the world of 1995, new generation, anything can happen, WWF, 
with Ernest P. Wuerl, Savio Vega, who, of course, Ernest once saved Christmas famously, which you can watch yes. on Disney+. Plus. Yes. So this match goes on. Um, at one point, both competitors are down. Ted DiBiase slides in the ring with the Million Dollar Championship. Mm-hmm. Ernest slides into the ring as well and takes the belt from DiBiase and pushes him down and is like, hey, Byron, I got the Million Dollar title. What am I going to do? Uh, Savio gets up. Zanta gets up. Ernest takes the Million Dollar belt and hits Savio Vega in the face with it. He takes off his Ernest P. Whirl vest and shirt to reveal that green khaki prison outfit from Ernest Goes to Jail and slicks back his hair and reveals it wasn't Ernest. It was actually Mr. Nash Oh, from, from Ernest Goes to Jail, and everybody's got a price, and uh, Zanta pins Savio for the one, two, three. God. I don't know if you're familiar with Ernest Goes to Jail. With Jim Barney. Come oh, on now. Are you serious there? Uh, all right. Fair. Well, yeah, on, I don't man. know. I that don't know. fantastic scene where he's chewing the pen and it's fucking <laughs> the black ink is all in his mouth and he's just like. <laughs> so with Ernest, I don't go past the original trilogy. All right. Uh, but you want to you want to do a quick ranking of the Ernest movies? Um. Oh, geez. From from the original trilogy. Uh, OK, because so I, I, I think jail's worst. Well, we had what? We had Ernest Saves Christmas, Ernest Goes to Jail, and then... Ernest Goes to Camp is the first one. Ernest Goes to Camp. I'm I would big... say it's probably Christmas Camp Jail. Okay, so we're, we're close. Uh, I'm Are putting you, Christmas I... in the middle, and I'm putting Camp on top. Uh, well, what's the crux of, like, what happens in Ernest Goes to Camp? I can't remember it. It's been, it's been so uh, long. He's like a, he wants to be a camp counselor. He's just like the maintenance guy, and... Uh, I don't know that it ages well when it comes to like indigenous culture. So please don't hate me for this or anything, people. Yeah. All right. But at the same time, you know, he wants to be a counselor, but he keeps screwing it up. But so they put him in charge of all the bad kids. Oh, and, yeah. You know, they end up saving the camp. He sings. I'm awfully glad it's raining. <laughs> yeah. So, you know what? I think I'm going to put that as I think it's going to go for me. It's going to go Christmas jail camp. Wow. How dare well, I mean, you? Just, I, I like I like the Ernest goes nah. to jail. I'm sorry. Well, he I does. Love it. I love get, that he's. I love the freaking whole sequence with the freaking bank robbery at the end, and how yeah. like, he gets like fucking magnetized. That is true. They really end, went out on a bang, you know. They really. Uh, uh, I don't know. This is plus, Jim Varney. This podcast is off the rails. This, like, this has gone off the rails. It was inspired because I just watched Jay Leno and DDP versus Bischoff and Hogan, and I was oh, yeah. like, oh, I could do something like that. Sure. So, oh, well, Ernest turned heel. Christmas is not saved. Yeah, Christmas is not saved. No, sir. Okay. Am I up? You are. Okay. This is promo time. Yes. This is a, okay. <clears throat> so, Mike Adamley is here. <laughs> he is interviewing somebody, and this person is in the grudge match coming up, Okay. Scott Steiner, or as you like to be called, Pig, Big Papa Pumpernickel, um, I understand that you're going to use this time to give us a few words about your upcoming match with the Superstar Honeygram. Uh, please tell us what you think. Why don't you shut up, little man, and listen to me? Billy Graham? Superstar? You think you're the superstar? I don't know about that, but I'm pretty sure no one's coming to see, to see you. Look at this body. Chicks dig this body. I dig this body. And you know that you probably want to sit back, 
eat some chicken wings, drink some beer, get all fat and gross, and then you hope your old lady doesn't see me on the screen, because if she does, she's going to ride my donkey all the way to the town. Now, I know freaks like you, Billy, and you're a freak, and I'm going to make you freak out and send you packing. When you look, when people look at Big Papa Pump, they know I'm the real superstar, and when I get through with you, you're going to be nothing more than a jabroni. Holla if you hear me. Those are these sirens for Scott Steiner. So match eight. So match eight on the card here is 2008 Scott Steiner, Big Papa Pump, versus 1986 Superstar Billy Graham. Uh, this grudge match is uh, just basically because they both look exactly the same, and Billy Graham is very upset that Scott Steiner stole his gimmick, and he wants it back. You, you know what? I, I I love this because it would be awful, but I would love to see it. Sure. Now, oh in an God. unlikely twist, the superstar <laughs> Billy Graham beats Big Papa Pump. What? Five minutes and 55 seconds after hitting him with the metal workout bar, same way that uh, Rude beat the Warrior at the 89 Rumble. In the oh, yes. Another great segment. Oh, my God. You know, Scott Steiner had a chance. They had a chance with Scott Steiner in WCW. They did, but they, they should have just jumped the gun from the beginning. Yep. And, you know, I, I, really, I really appreciate the fact that, that Scott Steiner was able to keep it in check and didn't, you know, <laughs> launch into any uh, sort of tirades about anyone. Um, no. Because I swear to God, he's going to kill somebody sometimes when I watch these shows. Oh, yeah. <laughs> all right. So that takes us to the big, massive, worst main event of all time. It's the main event match. It must be a one-on-one mm. gimmick match. And one of the star, one of the guys in the match has to be on a main event level, you know, just in order to make it. As realistic as possible. Sure. All right. Now, do you want to go uh, first or you want to go second? This is the well, main event. Your choice. Um, I think I'll go first, but real briefly, I have a bonus promo for you. Oh, it is Christmas. It is Christmas. So now we have uh, TNA Mike Tanay is here. Um, <laughs> and he's going to be interviewing 1999's Dennis Stamp. <laughs> So, Dennis Stamp, I hear that you were very excited about being booked for this pay-per-view, but it looks like the bookers just didn't have anything for you to do. Are you upset by this? Well, I have to be honest with you, TNA Mike Tanay. Um, I'm not really upset by this. Uh, I tried calling Terry Funk, but my phone has no service in this universe. <laughs> so what I did is I came to the arena early. Um, I had something to eat over a catering. I exercised a little bit. And by that, I mean I got up on my trampoline with my weights and I jumped. <laughs> Is, you know, I don't do any splits or anything. I just get up here and I jump and I do this. Um, you know, then I went and I chatted with uh, 2010 Bret Hart uh, about the 1997 match that he had with Terry Funk that I refereed. If you remember that, I refereed that <laughs> main event because uh, Terry finally called me and I was booked. Um, I then I went. I Oh, you know, I did see 1980 Larry Zabisco and he and I were sitting there talking about Bruno and I the stories about Bruno and Terry. You know, we were talking about Terry Funk and Bruno San Martino. It was a lot of fun. Uh, then I went back and I had something else to eat at catering because, you know, why not? And uh, now I'm just here in case I get the call to, uh, you know, for, to, to referee or, or be involved in the main event that's coming up right now. So, you know, that's what I'm doing. Highly unlikely, Jess, but back to you, Vince. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, TNA Mike Tanay. 
Oh, I love TNA Mike today so much. <laughs> and I had to put TNA, and I like the TNA Mike today because it goes well together. But like everybody, everybody, everybody has the consensus is TNA Mike today is terrible. So. Oh, Mike today in WCW was okay, but by the time he got to TNA, he was awful. Well, I think he's awful in WCW as well. But those, <laughs> like the first ten weeks of NWA TNA pay per view, are just mm. a gold mine. Yes. Uh, I would argue that Ed Ferrara carries that commentary. <laughs> and that's saying something. So now my main event. This is the big one. This is a 35-minute match, 29 seconds. It's a Punjabi prison match. <laughs> <laughs> the 1990s Iron Sheik <laughs> versus the 2007 Big Show. Oh, my God. They would so do that. This is the big show that got sent to Memphis because he was too fat. This is the big show that wasn't in SmackDown vs. Raw. Oh, no. This is 1990 Iron Sheik, who's too fat. So, during the course of this match, the big show turns face and heel 37 times. <laughs> the ending of the match happens... When out of nowhere, 1987, Andre the Giant comes out, he breaks open the prison, and he starts spanking his son for being such a bad boy. The Iron Sheik then escapes the prison for the win. <laughs> because he can't take the bumps either. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, you know, the fucking big show, man. That's a, I mean, like, for all intents and purposes, I'm sure Paul White's like a decent guy. Like, don't get me wrong, but man, oh man, just, I've had enough. <laughs> I've had enough. All right. Uh. I've, I've had enough, and I had enough in like 2002. So. <laughs> well, I, you know. when I look, I go, what's the worst years for big show? And it's 2007. Cause in six, he's like really fat. Like he's 500 pounds. Um, and then they're like, buddy, you gotta get the fuck out of here. And they sent him to Memphis. And then he comes back with like the, the, and he's like, Oh, look at me. I'm skinny now. Yeah, cause, he, yeah, cause, in, cause sure, he earned that. You know, AD comes back. He has the Floyd Mayweather thing. And then he's in Jera show. I kind of love that undisputed tag team championship little mini era yeah. where they, you can be on both shows and they use they use it to get main eventers all over the place like yeah PX. like that was a good shit good shit yeah um hey I, I said something positive about something that happened after the year 2000 this is like hey, a fucking first you. time i know right <laughs> and and it's inspired by the big show the iron cheeks <laughs> and a punjabi prison and match <laughs> so again with the brand synergy between you and i my main event is similar <laughs> Uh, my gimmick though, my prison is a little different. Ah. It's a it's a yapa pie prison. <laughs> the yapa pie. So the it's a pie. it's a it's a Punjabi prison rules match in the Punjabi prison, but you're uh, tied to your opponent with a yapa pie strap. God. All right, and it is champion versus champion. Oh. Title for title. Oh. The year two thousand, The Rock. With the de- defends the WWF championship against the year 2000 defending the WCW cruiserweight championship, the juice. <laughs> All right. Now, unfortunately, even though he was given this main event position, even in the multiverse, you know, Optimus Prime pulled about was like, now listen, juice, I'm putting you in the main event. I expect you to show up in some sort of condition to work. And juice is like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> 
<laughs> the juice pulls a Jeff Hardy and shows up in no condition to work. <laughs> to the fact that they just signal for the door to open and the rock is supposed to like fall over and the juice is supposed to just walk out so the match could be e- ended. Juice. The juice decides to climb to the top of the Yepapai prison and falls and like impales his leg on one of the Punjambi spikes. And everyone freaks out. Vince McMahon throws down his headset, gets into the, climbs over the Punjabi prison and tears his groin and gets in the ring and orders the match to restart. So the Rock has to go over and pull the juice off of the Punjabi spike and forcibly hold him down to pin him. (laughs) Thus nullifying the Punjabi escape rules. My God. Okay. Yeah. Well, well, you know, I mean, I wanted the rock in here, and the, I love the juice. This mm-hmm. are you familiar with the juice? That who would come out and be like, finally, the juice has come back to Memphis when they're in like San Francisco. <laughs> and he did the he did the juicy's the juicy's elbow, which was the people's elbow. God. And then he went to Australia and ran around naked. That's the juice, man. <laughs> That's terrible. That it is. So it, it is. It, and you know what? It's it's made worse by the fact that you get that classic Jeff Hardy uh, ending, the old I'm not in any shape to work. Yeah. Uh, which ruined famously many of it. Not, and not just Jeff Hardy. People have ruined many things. Not showed up in no, uh, no position to work. So I think it's fitting that this glamorous match with the Yappa Pie Guardian Strap. Yeah, but and of course another famous match that ends uh, with not the correct stipulation because doesn't Hogan pin him and then touch the fourth quarter? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's all it's all messed up. Yeah, so it's um, I mean, it's enough to to kill the house. And of course, sure. the Optimus Prime guy's like, I've done it. This these are truly the worst pay per views in history. This is the greatest pay per view in the history of all pay per views. <laughs> We only can do one other thing. Let's just blow this place up. I, I think it's going to come to that because, after all, you can't leave the evidence around for anyone to find. This no. is, you know, we, we've had lots of scenarios here that could be interpreted as, you know, uh, abrasions to nature because we've pulled people out of the multiverse. So I think it's best that this planet just detonates and uh, we say nothing more of it. You put Oklahoma in here. I did. I did. Well, you know, he's bad. And we both brought in nails. I, we did. Oh. And, there's, and there's so much we could have brought Dude. in, you know, um, you. we could have brought in Robocop with Savio, but we brought in Ernest. Robocop. Who, unfortunately, I was I was hoping that I could find that Ernest appeared on some like random house show in Memphis to make him a wrestling character. Oh, he but, never uh, did, huh? I, I don't think so. So I'm cheating there, by the way. Ernest P. Wall. I would also love to see, like, someone who's a real dedicated fan has, like, a notepad, and they write down all the different things that we've referenced through the course of this holiday episode. Uh, I would just love to see how many random, like, movies or songs or shit we pulled into. It was great. Um, what did we – oh, when we – when Andy and I streamed Wally, I think we did – I think we referenced, like, 12 different movies during <laughs> while we were watching Wally. <laughs> I remember Wally's being really good. Was it good on the rewatch? Oh, no, it's, it's great. It's a it's a great rewatch. But like it was just it's one of those things where it, it there's you know, there's a lot of points where there's not a real there's no dialogue, you know? Sure. 
So you're just trying to like fill the void of noise almost. And we were just, we were just, we were just throwing out references to, I mean, it was just movie references. I mean, it was great. If anybody has access to like stream lounge, you should go back and check out the Wally episode we did because it was, it was, it was a great watch. And, uh, yeah, it's, it was a lot of fun. So, you know, check it out. (laughs) Uh, Well, I did have one other planned thing I wanted to ask you here. Yeah. Uh, just because I'm curious, because it is Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. I spent, <clears throat> excuse me, I wasted about 30 minutes of my life watching a Christmas Story Christmas, the sequel to A Christmas Story with ah. like the legacy sequel. Okay. Legacy and uh, sequel. have you have you seen it? I have not. I almost feel like I almost feel like maybe I'll watch it today in the it's, break of uh, during the break of Christmas Story on on T. Do you, you guys have TBS, right? Where oh you are. yeah, twenty-four so hours like of, all day yeah. long Christmas story. Yeah. Okay. Good. Well, I mean, now it's all streaming, but yeah. Uh, I also watched the uh, USA Up All or the, the USA the WCW Up All Nighter on TBS. That was an awesome program. Oh, okay. Um, and the Beastmaster, of course, on TBS. <laughs> well, I, I'm I just, kinda, well, I'm just I don't know if all I don't know if all the channels. I mean, I assume TBS. I know it's a national station. I'm, I'm assuming they do things everywhere the same, but you know, you yeah, never know. I, I no, of course. I would get home from school and do an hour of Saved by the Bell on TBS, and then an mm. hour on WGN because we got WGN in Ohio. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was an hour behind. So after uh, Saved by the Bell TBS, Chicago's like, well, now our kids are getting out of school. They should watch Saved by the Bell too. Was it the same episode? No, no, different right, episodes. That's so that's how I saw Saved by the Bell so quickly. I got four episodes a day. <laughs> Good for you. I know. And, you know, T- uh, have you seen the Beastmaster? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's yeah, that's years ago. Yeah. Where do you where do you land on Beastmaster two through the portal of time? Uh, let me see. Wackiest title of all time, hmm. but also most awesome. I think it is. Sure. OK. OK, good. But I, I mean, you know, why would I not? Why would I not enjoy it? Absolutely. I mean, you need the Beastmaster. Through the portal of time. (laughs) This is Optimus Prime sending a message to the Beastmaster. (laughs) Come to the future. Come to the future. Mark Singer. I mean, doesn't the world just need more (laughs) Mark Singer? Well, there needs to be like a shit movie uh, Avengers style uh, movie, like shitty movie characters, like all meet up to save the world, like from different movie franchises. You know, it's an. All right, so one of the things that I would love to do is I I have ideas for like movies and TV shows and things like that that I want to write. Yeah, I have an idea for a movie. Mark Singer could actually be in it. I. <laughs> the premise is this: there's these two guys from like the Boston area or from the East Coast. I'm gonna say Boston because I'm from Boston, but it could be they could be from anywhere. They could be from Cincinnati. They travel to Los Angeles to go like visit a friend who's moved out there, right? And while they're out there, they decide to go and find a, we'll just say a has-been's home. Okay, I think at the, I think originally I was thinking of, um, it was I forget the actor's name, but it doesn't matter now. Michael Dudikoff from yeah, it could be anybody. And, and <laughs> okay. the, but the thing is, is that the kick of it is, and the reason it originally started out as a TV show, but I don't think it has legs to do like a full <laughs> season. So I think it would be better as like a two-hour movie. Um, so they go to like this person's house. They see that this person lives in like a shitty house in like Los Angeles and Hollywood. Like it's a, it's just they're they're falling down on hard times. They used to be a big deal back in like the 80s or the 90s and now they're like a loser. Yeah, it's like ready to rumble. Kind of. But what happens is 
as they're coming back on the plane and they're sitting in their seats and coach and they're laughing and they're like, man, wasn't that crazy? Like Mark Singer lives in that fucking shack. <laughs> the camera pans to the back of the to the back of the plane and it's Mark Singer and he's like <laughs> staring at them and he follows them back home. <laughs> and now it's like a it's it's like an opposite entourage. <laughs> Where like the famous person is the fucking hanger on, <laughs> like the regular and like the regular guys go to their job, like their <laughs> shitty day job, and the fucking Hollywood actor is following them around trying to be part of their group. <laughs> and I go, it would be perfect because we would literally take an actor from like the eighties who hasn't done shit in thirty years and be like, sure. we're gonna give you a starring role in this movie. You yeah. don't have to Google yourself. <laughs> Absolutely, people love that shit. I go, that would be, it would, and I, I know there's movies, I think like Dickie Roberts, Child Star, I mean, like, there's been movies oh, sure. like that, but the premise is that, like, it's all about that opening sequence where they're flying back on the plane, and the, and it's just like, it's like a psycho scene, like the guy's in the back going, mm, and he's just like watching them, and he's like, I'm gonna follow these motherfuckers home. <laughs> I mean, I haven't watched it in a long time, but I, I do love how Ted, like, sort of does that with the dude, Sam Jones from Flash Gordon. Yes! Because Flash Gordon rules, but yes. nobody nobody cares. Nobody gives a shit about it. But right. So all right. So you'd watch this movie. Well, not only that, since it's Christmas, I'm going to pitch you my movie now. All right. Yeah. All right. So Merry Christmas to me. Absolutely. So MGM, which is now owned by Amazon, somehow mm-hmm. accidentally owns the rights to so many scripts and films that they've distributed over the years that contain 80s robots. Okay. <laughs> There needs to be a Avengers-style movie where 80s robots come together to save the world. And the Captain America type, ironically, is number Johnny Five, who we spoke of earlier. <laughs> All right. I'm the Bla- alive. The, the, the Black Widow character is uh, the robot from Rocky Ford that's like, happy birthday, Polly. Yes. Happy birthday, Polly. Exactly. Um, there's uh, The Hulk is Ed 209 from uh, RoboCop. Yes. I always forget some of them, though. Oh, the Iron Man is uh, actually not an MGM character, so we're going to have to pay Disney a little bit. Or Paramount, I think it is. It's uh, Daryl, the boy robot, has grown up and become an Iron Man, basically. Oh, yeah. And uh, Jinx from Space Camp is sort of your Hawkeye one who's, like, against the odds. And they have to – but here's the best part, though, all right? Mm -hmm. They team up. Because a computer program from the 80s named Joshua has gained mm. sentience. Yes. Joshua, of course, from, from War Wardens. Games. Yes. And the only thing that can interact with his technology is other archaic technology from the 80s. So they have to pull these guys together like they're the goddamn Muppets. And they oh, my God. I love That's fucking awesome. So. Oh, I love it. There you go. And, of course, you could always have random things show up. And it's not serious. Like, that's – like, please. Like, I'm Hal. not stupid, guys. It's not you serious. How show up? Yeah, absolutely. Anything you can get your hands on. How about – um, what's the friggin' the, – the plane – like, the spaceship from Flight of the Navigator? Oh, yes, God. What's his name? Mac? Max. Max. Absolutely. Oh, and uh, one of the gags, too, is that Joshua creates, like, an army of Terminators, but they're the uh, kill boss from Chopping Mall. Which is an, I don't know if you've seen Chopping Mall. Yes! Chopping okay. Mall! Yes! 
Okay, I did a uh, freak out uh, driving with, with Jenny. Jenny Smith. You guys yeah. watched, watched yeah. Chopping Mall? Yeah. Did I call it freak out driving? Is that Joe Bob Briggs? I always do this to poor Jenny. I fuck up the name of her show. No, I think it is. It is freak out driving. Okay, yeah, I did, that's I did right. Freak, I did freak out driving with her. We watched um, Basket Case. Yes, you did. Which is every Wednesday on the North South Connection Podcast we Network. Should, it's Jenny. Three of us should get together and watch a movie, like because Jenny's a friggin' trip. Oh, I she love is. Her. She's great. Uh, she told me a great story on WCW Must Die where she got in trouble at a casino for uh, yelling at Diamond Dallas Page or something. No, it wasn't at Diamond Dallas Page. I'm gonna send her a message tonight and I'm gonna tell her and be like, actually, if she's if she logs in, I'm gonna t- I'm gonna tell her tonight and I'm gonna be like, listen, you and me and Johnny, we need to do a freaking freak out driving. Oh, absolutely. But that, yeah, I love Chopping Mall. That movie's tremendous. Yeah. And we're doing this thing again where we just ramble after we do our stuff. It's good. I think, I think people liked it. Uh. Yeah, I pitched the movie. I think, I think that might be everything that I had prepared, but I, I don't know. It, I feel like it's Christmas. Yeah. Um, have we have we given enough gifts? Are you looking for something else? I don't know. I feel like there's something that I can give them. Oh. You know what though? I'm tired. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm I think I, I think I'm good. But I will say this. I will say this. Um, oh, God, what did I just watch today that had a wrestler in it? Oh, I watched Bumblebee. All right. You familiar with Bumblebee? Oh, and John Cena's in that. Yeah, that's yeah, – yeah. yes, I meant to bring him. We are talking about Cena. Yeah. And it, it got me thinking about uh, WrestleMania uh, – thir- God, WrestleMania 36, yeah. the COVID, the, co- the actual one that was affected by COVID. I'm, I'm due for a rewatch on that uh, Bray Wyatt-John Cena match. <sighs> Um, cause I kind of like cinematic stuff. Um, the boneyard is sort of like the best of the worst, I think when it comes to that stuff, but I like the Cena Wyatt thing. And I also kind of like the, um, also the final delete, the ultimate deletion, uh, is mm. the final deletion. The one where like Jeff Hardy chases Vanguard one through the fucking grass. And he's like, you're talking, I'm going to get you. That is, that's the T that's the TNA one, right? Yeah, the final yeah. delete. Yes, yeah, where yeah. Matt Hardy is like an evil, like crazy yeah, guy that has yeah. a robot. Not the one, where, not Bray Wyatt one, right? No, not the Bray Wyatt one. The actual, which is the it's the only thing that TNA's ever really contributed to wrestling. Yes, um, I fucking love that shit. But I want to watch the Cena stuff because I feel like it uh, might be might hit a little different now that Cena's sort of like a legit dude. Sure. And I wasn't really watching much at that time because I was pissed off about the world. Well, it was a tough time for all. It was. It was. I don't mean to make light of it. But I, I yeah. kind of – what I'm saying is I'm threatening to rewatch WrestleMania 36, and I, I'm asking I'm, – I'm either saying talk me off the ledge or give it a shot and see what it's worth. Um, hmm. Let me go back and look at the card real quick. Yeah, okay. I think it was the first two-day one. Yeah. Yeah, because it, it was the full COVID one, so it was the no right. crowd. And it wasn't – was it – originally was not going to be two days, was it? They just sort of did that because of the COVID? Yeah, because it was – yeah, they had to do it because of COVID because they couldn't have everybody there at the one day. Right. No, oh, that's right. Was, originally, it was just going to be one day, and it was going to be at uh, in Tampa. But Because I can't to, remember. They had to split it up because everybody had to – they couldn't do everything – all everybody all together. That but was, I heard that – that was right getting a COVID, so. Yeah, I heard that Edge Orton match is like 48 minutes. Um, yeah, 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 don't, yeah. I'm looking at the card. I mean, it sucks because there's like, they do that, 
yeah, that the the fiend thing is okay. Obviously, the um, the following night, the Undertaker match is good. The the last man standing match is thirty six minutes, and it's a lot of it is just like there's a lot of sequences in the back, like on on the truck. Oh, <laughs> kind of like, like the King of the Road match. Kind of, I wish it was that. It wasn't even that interesting. Like the truck is just parked, and it's just like eh. it wasn't that good. Um, I th- there's a very weird scene where. Um, I believe Randy Orton hangs Edge, uh, in a oh, oh. in a wake in a uh, like that's a right scene that's right, which is like very reminiscent of a of he who shall not be named. That's <laughs> yeah, Voldemort like, man, he's fucked up. Yeah, yeah. no, I I remember hearing about that now. Yeah, um, I mean the best part of the whole event is probably the Boneyard match. Sure, which I have seen. I saw. I watched it a couple times that weekend. I think because I thought I was impressed by it yeah. at the time. Yeah. And uh, you know, I, you know, impressed by it at the time. I'm not saying it's not so impressive now. I'm just saying that because uh, that was sort of on the table of like, is this maybe what we have to do for a while? And I did mm-hmm. watch the Money in the Bank and Titan Tower and was quite yeah. amused by that. Yeah, that that was funny. That was more. That was more comedy, which I thought was great. Um, yeah, we and you get Oscar in the elevator, like yeah, da, 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 da. like I yeah. love Oscar. Yeah, she's, yeah, that was that great. was pretty good. But I mean, I think um, night one, I rem- if I remember correctly, night one's better than night two. Um, but yeah, like that that ladder match, the triple threat ladder match was, it was fun, but it sucked because I forget who was sick. Oh, like, that's right. I forget, like I don't know if it was like. Joe Jay Uso or it was either Jay Uso um who would it have been Big E or who the hell was with John I don't even know who was with John Morrison I saw it wasn't Morrison was it Miz it might have been Miz and Morrison again yeah and one of them was sick so one of those three guys was sick so it was ended up it was just a it was just a triple threat match it was Morrison Uso and Jimmy Uso and Kofi yeah I mean, it was not so even Jay cool but it was like weird you know Oh, for sure. Well, the whole thing's weird. Yeah. And I'm sure it's – is it Cole and fucking Byron Saxton or something like that who I can't stand? Oh, like, that's um, like – the ooh, thing is I feel, I feel like I could watch something like that if it was like Gorilla and Bobby. And I'm not – I don't know. That's uh, I'm not That's not like yeah, a joke. No, it's like Tom it, – yeah, it's Tom Phillips and Byron Saxton for Raw, and it's Michael Cole and JBL. Yeah, I just – You're like, yeah, yeah why are you going to watch it? You know, I have really bad ADD. I'm not going to lie. Like, I'm not making jokes here. If you, yeah. you do. But at the same time, commentary is such uh, a gift to me. Like, it's what keeps me engaged. Yeah. And maybe that's true for other people, too. I'm not trying to say that you, you – know, it's just I, I depend on it quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just can't do some of the modern teams at all. No. Like, I, I – no, absolutely not. Although, I don't mind the current lineup Yeah, I like it's, it's different. I like Cole and um, the football guy. I, he's fun. Yeah. Um, and I do like. Uh, oh, I feel like there's somebody else. Wade Barrett. I think he's get he's starting to yeah. uh, grow on me a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. He should still come out and do bad news though. Yeah, he needs to be more of a character <laughs> though, instead of like, well, I'm just like every other former retired wrestler who's now a commentator. If you want right. my opinion, and if you're gonna go back and rewatch something, I would skip 36 and just go to 37. Yeah, I watched 37. 37's so much better. And is that the one with the rain delay? Yes. Okay. But I mean, I I hate to say it, but like Bad Bunny's fucking awesome in that. Um, oh yeah, I have. I do yeah. watch every WrestleMania live, yeah. like, but I don't usually go back. Uh, but yeah, Bad Bunny is a. Uh, I feel like Bad Bunny versus Logan Paul would be very watchable. 
Oh yeah. And but then, I don't um, know who's gonna direct the match though is the problem. Yeah, no, I don't know either. It, that's a good question. I don't know. Maybe huh. they can. And, you know, last last question. Since this is the last multiverse of fabulousness for the for the new you know before the new year, which hasn't been a gimmick we've even leaned into. Do you think we'll see? And we're gonna play this back around WrestleMania. Will we see CM Punk at WrestleMania? No, absolutely not. Okay, yeah, I, I agree no. that too. No, I because the guy who's in charge is the guy that he has the fucking bone to pick with. Like, right? But do you think it would have been one thing if he didn't like Vince? But no, he doesn't like Triple H. He didn't like Triple H when he left. And if it does happen, will you see it as a as a true uh, since it is Christmas that you, as a true sign that money solves all problems? Yes. Okay, I yeah. agree. And and that would piss me off because I mean that's the but then again again we're talking about carnies circus folk nomads you know I mean they smell like cabbage and they have small hands I mean this is what they are and nomads you know smell like cabbage and that's what they are and we need to remember that because at the bottom line is money will money solves everything so everybody's got a price for the million dollar man <laughs> can I tell you can I can I tell you two secrets? Yes. One, Merry Christmas. I hope it's a good one. Two, you know how we started with that really depressing music from a Charlie Brown Christmas special? Yes. I'm going to end with the uplifting uh, Short Circuit 2 theme song. So it's going to be playing right now. Yes. Oh, I love this song. I do. He is alive. All right, Keith. Let's exit the secret war and get back to reality. Make sure you're subscribed to the North South Connection Podcast Network so you get uh, notified uh, when new content comes out. And and write a review. Say something nice. But more importantly, enjoy your day or whatever day it is that you listen to this. I'll give you a pass if you don't do it on Christmas. Keith, I bid you. You know what? I don't really have a sign-off catchphrase. So I will uh, leave you with this. You're what the French call... Thank you. <laughs> you I have no welcome. comeback. No comeback would be better than that. So thank you. You're very welcome. All right. We'll see you guys, everybody. Bye.